Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time now for the Character and Smallman podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. everyone and welcome to Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Guess what day it is? Friday? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Yeah. Get down on Friday. There we go. That's the end of it. Good morning and uh, happy Friday. 701, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle and Randy, how you doing? Do you think that song, playing it, is kind of a fun, quirky thing that we're doing, or is it a punishment to our beloved listeners? It's absolutely a fun, quirky thing that we're doing. Okay, great. Because everybody loves that song, and everybody loves Friday, so it's just the perfect melding of a Friday morning. Yes, it is a good melding of a Friday morning, but it's going to get stuck in people's heads all day long. It might be fun while you're driving or you're brushing your teeth and thinking, oh, yeah, a little Rebecca Black. Hilarious. I remember this little ditty. But then it's going to be 3 p.m. Your coffee's worn off. You're ready to get out of the office and it's still on loop in your brain. Well, and here's one of the frustrating things about this song that I've never really been able to assimilate. But right now. People are getting ready for their uh, their carpool. Front seat, back seat. What seat do you choose? <laughs> it's Friday. Just get down on a Friday. <laughs> I'm glad we're able to smile after that uh, blues performance last night. You know, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, right. The, uh, the the Philadelphia Flyers. They had not won a game on the road in 2022. Mm-hmm. The last time they had won a game on the road was in. 2021 on December 29th. By the way, just for uh, the sake of clarity here, it is March 25th this morning. So they went January without a win on the road. Uh They went February Mm -hmm. without a win on the road. And they went the better part of March without a win on the road until they beat your St. Louis Blues last night. Yes, your St. Louis Blues. Five to two. Yeah, they snapped a 13-game winless streak on the road. It's the first time they won away from home since December 29th when they played the Kraken. It was the Kraken. The Kraken. I know. And, you know, Mike Yo, who we know well in St. Louis, mm-hmm. Philadelphia Flyers, he did say, uh, I guess we're due? Yeah, kind of. But you don't want to be the team that they get due against. No, especially when he's coming in and coaching them. Correct. He was the guy that was fired so that you could hire Craig Berube. Especially after your general, or your poho, I should say, mm-hmm. goes out and makes a move to fortify your team and says, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to put you in the best spot possible for you to go out and make a real push towards the playoffs. And Yo's team disassembles. Yes. 
this is not the time where you want to not only drop a game to a team like the Flyers, but to do it in the manner in which they did last night. Yeah, Travis Konechny with a couple of goals for Philly. If you didn't uh, hear the game here on 101 ESPN, Jay Farabee, who was one of the first-round draft choices that Philly took when they traded Braden Chen to St. Louis, he got a goal, and Philly wins it 5-2. to two. Blues defenseman uh, Justin Falk, well, what, what, what happened? We just didn't play our game at all. Um, the work ethic wasn't there, and uh, the compete level and the intensity wasn't there. Um, from a lot of guys, I, I'm very much in that group. Um, didn't have a good game by any means. Um, but that's it's just not acceptable. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of had that. This It's been a little bit of a theme, starting slow and then thinking we can score our way through. Uh, in the seconds and thirds and find ourselves back in games and then win. And, and sure, certainly at times that's going to happen, but um, to, to think that that's going to continually happen and and I think you're going to be at the right side of things more times than not, it's not true. Every team in this league, whether it's the Flyers who are out of the playoffs or Colorado, uh, the guys are going to play hard at, and make it tough on you, and, and we got what we deserve tonight. Aren't you sick of hearing about compete level? Mm-hmm. We hear about this at least once a week. Yeah, it's remarkable. Can you imagine if once a week we would decide, yeah, yeah, we're just going to mail this one in. We don't really want to compete this morning. We'll just let the the Courtney show down the hall beat us. And by the way, you got all these nominations for the St. Louis Magazine thing. I can't figure that one out, but still. Yeah, some of the, those people, I'm like, do they even do radio? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, right. Are they even in sports? So, so, yeah, we mail it in. We give, uh, yeah. 60% effort. We'll just take live calls. Yeah. Hey, this is yeah. 101 ESPN. What do you this, think this of the St. Louis Cardinals? This is your show. Think about that. We Our bosses wouldn't be very happy. So uh, Craig Berube also made his way to the podium. That's all it is. 100% because when we do it, we did it tonight at times. Well, for a lot of the game, you know, but we're down 2 nothing again. You know, like you can't just give, can't just give, give teams a 2 nothing lead. It doesn't, we're not starting a game that way. Now, Michelle, I I know that the people that have seats down by the glass can afford them. But I also know that more than any other athletes, hockey guys are regular guys. And I would urge hockey players to recognize that those people down by the glass are paying $300, $200, $150 for tickets. And really all you ask for when you spend that much in this town, is effort. It is inexcusable to not put the effort in. And Justin Falk said as much. He said, this is not how we're going to do things. I'm part of this group. I I appreciate him for his candor. I appreciate him for his honesty. Mm -hmm. I appreciate him for his self-evaluation. But how many times have we heard this? How many times? This is the problem with this team is it's such peaks and valleys. We're doing peak and pit next segment, but Mm -hmm. I feel like we get that with the Blues. They have a great performance against a really tough opponent, and you feel really good about the makeup of this team, about what you're seeing out of the identity of this team. And then two or three games later, we're talking about compete level again. It's just 
very confusing, and I, I don't understand why the lack of consistency. It is frustrating, and the Blues will be back at it tomorrow when they take on the Hurricanes. It's a 6 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN, 7 o'clock faceoff. The Cardinals off yesterday. They'll take on the Nationals today. It's a noon game. You'll be able to see that one with Danny Mac and BT on Bally Sports. By the way, the Cardinals have a couple of things happening. Number one, they have their kids' clinics back after the pandemic. They're going to have kids' clinics that take place between June 9th and July 21st. You can learn more at cardinals.com slash clinics, but David Freeze is going to be involved. Dakota Hudson is going to be involved, and you will have a former Cardinal teaching the fundamentals of the game at each one of these clinics that move from Effingham, Illinois, to Granite City, to Baldwin, to Cape Girardeau, to Columbia, Illinois, to Afton, Wentzville, St. Peter's, Chesterfield, Highland, Springfield, Illinois, and Quincy. So the Cardinals getting out in the community again and learn more if you're kid ages 7 to 13 is interested at cardinals.com slash clinics. That is an amazing series of events that the Cardinals do. And imagine having a Dakota Hudson or a David Freeze as a, as a young yeah, person cool. teach you about baseball. You're probably going to remember that forever mm-hmm. and be a fan for life. And David Eckstein also amazing is going to be involved. Cardinals also have their Budweiser Ballpark Pass, which I love the idea of. I could never use it, but if you have the ability, the Budweiser Ballpark Pass is thirty four ninety nine. dollars per month and on each game date you will get a standing room ticket delivered digitally to your smartphone through the ballpark app so essentially it's a season ticket oh that's so cool yeah for $34.99 a month and you can go anytime you can enjoy the game pre-game activities and ballpark atmosphere from various social gathering spots inside the ballpark including the Budweiser Terrace learn more at cardinals.com slash ballpark pass great stuff happening with the Cardinals. I can't believe that the home opener is right around the corner. And Adam Wainwright will be on the mound. Yadier Molina will be behind, be behind the plate. And yesterday, Michelle, we got calendars for 2022, Cardinal calendars, which honor Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. So you can also pick that up at the Cardinals store. The first of many, I'm sure, items mm-hmm. that they're going to have commemorating these two this season. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right, NCAA tournament last night. I suggested that you might have a one and a two lose. Well, you had Gonzaga fall to Arkansas, 74-68, and also top seed Arizona losing to Houston, 72-60. to So do you feel so bad now? Yeah, I feel really bad. I still feel really bad. Houston is a great team, and mm-hmm. I'm happy that they won. They're legit. They are absolutely legit. But when you see all of these top seeds falling. This is a year where if your team was one of those middle-of-the-pack teams, like in Illinois was a number four, mm-hmm. you, you, you look back, you're like, ah, oh, this could have been your year. I always think that. But, no, it doesn't make me feel any better that the team that beat my team is now advancing. The two seeds won. Well, the number one seeds lost last night. The two seeds came away victorious. Villanova over Michigan, 63-55. Boy, it, uh, that, that's a tough punch to take for Michigan. And then... Uh, the second-seeded Duke Blue Devils under Mike Krzyzewski eliminated Texas Tech 78-73. to As we look at the next block of games that's mm-hmm. coming up, I know everyone is in love with St. Peter's. I understand the Peacocks are fun. Well, then enjoy them tonight. Correct. <laughs> I uh, Well, you think that Jaden Ivey's ending their Cinderella run? I would suggest that might happen. Okay, yeah. I could see that. I am firmly on the Iowa State bandwagon. Go Cyclones. They had two mm-hmm. wins last year. Now here they are in the, uh, the Iowa State bandwagon. Um here they are in the Sweet 16. I just think they're a really fun team and a really fun story. So that's where I've placed myself. 
That's a good way to go. Thanks. TJ Otzelberger and a team that won, as you mentioned, two games last year, has won as many games this year in the NCAA tournament. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And Iowa State, that's the Cinderella game tonight. Iowa State, the 11th seed against number 10 Miami. And eighth seeded UNC takes on number four UCLA in a Blue Blood Classic. All right. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals have a new left-hander that they acquired earlier this week from the Angels. And Packy Naughton will join us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line down to Jupiter, Florida earlier this week. The Cardinals picked up a left-handed pitcher by the name of Packy Naughton, and we expect to see him in St. Louis during the 2022 season. Packy joins us now on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well, Packy. Thanks so much. Well, I, I looked you up last night. Your government name is Patrick Joseph Naughton, so you got to tell us, where does the Packy come from? Yeah, so when I was born, uh, my older brother, Jake, uh, he was about a year and a half, two years older than me, um, and he couldn't say Patrick. So every time he would try to say Patrick, it would just come out as Packy. And so it kind of just stuck ever since then. So always been Packy. <laughs> That's great. And we, we mentioned that uh, you came to the Cardinals earlier this week. How did that come about? How did the Angels tell you that you were making your way to St. Louis? Yeah, well, I was uh, put on waivers, so... Um, the Angels told me I was put on waivers, and then a couple of days later, um, I get a call from the Cardinals saying, hey, coming over to Jupiter, and we're going to have you in St. Louis this year. So pretty excited about it. And since you arrived at camp in Jupiter, Packy, what's the vibe been like at Cardinals camp? Winning. And that's the coolest thing about it is, uh, you know, the winning aspect, and just everyone's a winner here, you know. All they want to do is win, and every guy is – it's all into it's not individualized, you know. It, everything is a team component, and that's the really cool part about being with this organization that has such a long history of winning and being uh, great in the MLB. Becky, how does that compare to other organizations? Because we always hear that when we heard it from Arenado last year when he showed up, you put on that Cardinal jersey, and it feels like there's an expectation. How is that different from, for example, the the, the Reds or the Angels organizations? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, I, w- I would say that every team, you know, wants to win. Um, but the difference here kind of is just the expectation. You know, it's not – you're not searching. Not that teams are searching for it, but there's nothing – you're not allowed – nothing is is acceptable unless it's winning. Um, so, you know, having that standard and setting a very high standard, um, you know, that's one way to, to go about it. And, you know, I think it's pretty cool that – Winning is, is obviously, it's got to be emphasized, but, you know, how they go about it and how they kind of instill it in everyone is pretty cool. Pecky, a guy who certainly upholds that standard of winning and of great success is Yadier Molina. What has that been like for you to think that at some point you could be entering a Cardinals game and throwing to Yadier Molina? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's it's really cool because, I mean, I just came over from the Angels where I was with, you know, Shohei and, and Mike Trout and, you know, that was awesome. And then get to come over here and, and have somebody that great directly impact me, at, you know, pitcher-catcher relationship. Um, it's it's pretty cool, and I'm pretty excited to get started with it. 
Who's impacted you the most so far? When you talk about uh, a guy like Yachty being able to have an impact on your career, as you've gone through it from Vatek all the way into your, your pro ball experience, and maybe even before that, who, who has been the person that's impacted your career so far the most? I mean, I would say like my parents, my dad and my mom, but um, baseball-wise, I would probably say Ace Adams, who's actually used to be a coach for um, the minor leagues and the Cardinals organization. Um, I wouldn't be here without him. And he uh, was my pitching coach growing up from the time I was, what, 13, 14, up until, you know, to this day, I still talk to him. Um, so I would probably say in terms of that, probably Ace Adams. Pecky, you mentioned your time with the Angels, and you mentioned Shohei Otani. What he was able to do last season was unprecedented in baseball. It was amazing for all of us to watch. What was it like for you to be able to watch Shohei Otani up close and personal? Oh, it, was, it was something special. I mean, just watching him go out there every day and carry that level of excellence is extraordinary, and I don't think we'll see it again in, in our lifetime. Um, you know, how he goes about his day and his preparation. and There's a lot to learn from a guy like that who – has to do two extraordinary tasks in a single day just to not just to but to you know play baseball it's it's pretty cool the the amount of work and preparation that he does Packy Naughton, the new Cardinal left-hander with us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. All right, Packy, we have Adam Wainwright on the show every week, and we know how competitive he is. Obviously, you were already probably in an NCAA pool with the Angels, right? Had that going? Yeah. So, But get ready, because you're going to have <laughs> a, a Masters pool. You're going to have a U.S. Open pool. Every kind of pool that you can imagine is going to be organized in that Cardinal clubhouse. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Love to hear that. So, got to keep things interesting, right? No doubt. And how competitive are you when you get into whatever sort of an event you're involved with, whether it's on the mound or playing Monopoly? How competitive is Packy Naughton? Oh, I'm pretty competitive. Um, I don't know. My, my, my family used to get pretty upset at me because, you know, I would do anything to win. And it was, it was always a joke growing up. But, um, you know, when I get on the mound, it's kind of like a, just a bulldog mentality, go out there and, you know, get outs and get outs as quick as possible and as little pitches as possible. Um, so for baseball, you know, it's like that. But when it comes to extracurriculars and off-the-field stuff, my main thing is, you know, baseball, it's fun. It's awesome, but it's my job. You know, i got to find a way to have some fun other ways. So if, you know, the extracurricular is off-the-field and it's competitive, my main goal, have fun, you know. Enjoy it. Enjoy the little things and, you know, go step-by-step step in that direction. I like that mentality, Packy. Now, you mentioned that you knew about the great history of the St. Louis Cardinals, but what do you know about the city of St. Louis and the rabid baseball fans that are here? Oh, my goodness. I think what, they're, what, like second in the league every year in attendance? I mean, they're unbelievable fans. I mean, I grew up a Red Sox fan, so watching them face the Cardinals in the, the World Series, and I mean, I, just, I remember going to some of those games, and it was just that the amount of people that travel and watch the, the, the Cardinals is it's astronomical. It's really, really cool. Um, it's, I've, I've just I've grown up admiring the St. Louis Cardinals organization and their fan base. Packy, with that being the case, what was it like for your parents and your family, people that were older than you, when you saw their reaction to the the Red Sox winning in '04? What was that like for you? Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I was still what eight? eight? Yeah, I was about eight, eight, eight or so at the time. Um, it was it was really cool because that was the first championship that well no actually the Patriots I'm kind of spoiled in that aspect but 
um, it was it was it was cool because that's kind of like the first one that I remember. Um, and so growing up, and you know, I loved baseball, obviously, and every other Boston sport, but baseball was my main sport. And so seeing that, and and seeing the city of Boston, you know, come together behind a team, and just the, the sense of community that everyone had was uh, pretty pretty cool. So if you're a Boston sports guy, Patriots guy, are you one of the Patriots fans that still t- cheers for Tom Brady, or do you hold a grudge that he left? I won't hold a grudge. It's professional sports. You know, you can never fault the guy for wanting to go and try to better himself or his family, whatever the reason may be. But, you know, I'm still definitely a Pats fan through and through, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, Packy, a couple more things. During your career, you've started a lot, and you've come out of the bullpen a lot. Do you have a preference? Nope. Whatever I can do to help the team win. I know that sounds like a stereotypical answer, but I'm, I'm serious. You know, like if I can go out there and, you know, make a spot starter, if I can go out there and throw to three hitters and then come out of the game, whatever puts us in a better chance to win, that's what I'm about. Well, obviously the big difference is if you're starting, you have 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you need to get ready. And out of the bullpen, you might have 10 warm-up pitches down in the bullpen. How easy is it for you to compartmentalize and get ready shortly coming out of the bullpen? So it used to be a lot more difficult for me, actually. Um, when I was in college, I did both as well. And uh, I always started every, everywhere I went, I was a starter. So when I first kind of had to come out of the pen, it was a little difficult getting the timing down and kind of like clearing your head, so to speak. Um, I think that's a really important thing to do as a reliever and coming into a game where there might be like a high energy situation or high stakes situation. So, um, you know, starting, you have all this time, you can prepare and do all that. And then relieving, you know, you got to kind of like jump into it. So it's a lot easier to, when you're relieving to just kind of clear your head, say, okay, am I warm? Am I loose? Yep. Okay, good. I'm ready to go. That's all you need to do as a reliever is make sure your body's loose. So you're not stiff going in and you're warmed up. Well, Packy, we learned a lot about you today. Is there anything else that you would like Cardinals fans to know about you? Uh, I'd say, you know, I'm just a Boston kid looking to play some baseball for some great fans in St. Louis. That's it. That's pretty awesome. And by the way, when you walked into the clubhouse, is there anybody that you knew, or is this an environment where you're getting to know everybody with the Cardinals? Yeah, I knew a couple guys. Um, I knew Brendan Donovan and uh, Dakota Hudson, Jake Wall. So I knew those three guys, Um, Brendan and uh, Dakota from the gym that I work out at. And then Jake, I actually met him probably five years ago when I was at a pre-draft workout. So me and him actually met there, and now we're teammates. So it's kind of funny. That's pretty cool. Hey, we're looking forward to seeing you up here in St. Louis as the season unfolds. Packy, best of luck. Thanks so much for the time this morning, and have a great day. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. You got it. See you later. That is uh, the new Cardinal left-hander, Packy Naughton, wearing number 93. Just a Boston kid who wants to play baseball and bring some winning to St. Louis. You can't ask for more than that. No. And you think about that. He was eight years old when the Red Sox beat the Cardinals in the World Series. Wow. So he's uh, he barely remembers it. How can you blame him? Maybe, maybe the thirteen World Series. Yeah, but as he said, uh, being a Boston sports fan, he's had his fair share of championships. He, he understands yeah. that he's entitled and spoiled. That's good. I'm glad he understands that because, and you know, St. Louis Cardinals fans, I don't think that we realize how spoiled we are. We kind of are, yeah. Because people right now are driving around saying, "But they haven't won in ten years." I get it. Ten years.
been yeah. 10 long years. Yeah. <laughs> That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, the peak and the pit of the week on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peek and Pit, get your text into the ear comfort text line 65780. Michelle, Randy, and Matthew with you. And Michelle, obviously, I think for most people, the pit of the week will be this miserable weather. It's just been awful. Awful the all whole week. week. Yeah, yeah, it's been brutal. Uh, my peak of the week, though, is very easy. It's that Nathan Walker loves Nadub. Oh, man. Jeremy Rutherford making the bulletin apparently official yesterday by asking Nathan Walker, mentioning to him that on 101 ESPN, he's being called Nadub, and he said, I love it. I have asked JR for audio evidence of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not too sure I believe it. Until it's on I the internet, he- Michelle. Until I hear it directly from Nathan Walker's mouth himself. You came on air and said the blues beat writer might be telling a fib. No, but I'm sure that Nathan Walker is a delightful gentleman that's just very polite and nice. And I can't imagine that he would say to Jeremy Rutherford, that's a terrible nickname and I hate it. You want to hear the inflection? How, yeah. he, how he said it? Yeah, what if he said it like this? I love it. Yeah, that's a good point. She's got you there. So do you hate J-Lo, that nickname? No, I love it. Why would you like that one and not like Nadab? It just doesn't roll the same, Randy. But it's the if, exact same thing. If Nathan Walker likes it, I'll allow it. But we hear Braden Chen calling him walks. Here's here's my bigger issue, Randy, with the Nadeb situation, mm-hmm. is that it is the catalyst for you to then call someone Mac Mac or Lobro. Lobro is a spectacular nickname. Toro. It's just, it's spawned all of these J-Lo type nicknames. We need to diversify. So we as a, I would guess as a society, need to diversify because A-Rod. Yeah. Uh, J-Law. Yeah. So... I agree. Let's just end the first letter things and the combinations, and let's get back to good nicknames. I agree. So, I'm, I think we need to be more creative as a society. No more Benefer, no more JLo. I like it. Good. We call you Megamind. We don't call you R-Care. Well, you can't really do that with my name. Why don't they call him the Iceman? He was cold. He was hot. He was, he was uh he had ice in his veins, I believe. Yeah. Is what I mean, come on, you, you get some Kierman. get something going there. The answer, I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good reason why that's why that's a great nickname for a basketball player. <laughs> not if seven seconds championship. Not the answer to winning the championship. Seven no, seconds left, it? baby. Who's the answer? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> that's harsh. Um, I would say that my pit of the week is that I fell down the stairs again. That's a rough. Not one. again. Not again. I scream at the at the base of the landing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been rough. All week, and I would say my peak though is that it. I'm not in as much pain this time as I was the first time. Oh, that's good. You're getting used to it. At least I can walk this time, um, and I will be getting a runner this weekend, which is exciting. But you no, know, the fir- time. I know, I know. But they're so expensive and so ugly. Like, can we get some better runner options out there, people? Six five seven eight zero. If there are better, attractive stair runner options than what Michelle is looking at right now. And cheap. It's unbelievable how expensive everything is for your house. That's because it saves your back. Uh, what's more expensive, a runner or a life alert? What's more expensive, <laughs> a runner or one of those electric chairs that takes me up and down the stairs <laughs> as if I'm 90 years old and I need to be strapped in? What's more expensive, a runner or a hospital bill? I think in the end I'm going to make out better by getting a runner. Which could you stylize better? 
mean, the life alert's got the necklace. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, that chair, bling it out. I'm just, you know, making it Those really comfortable. Chairs are expensive. Yes, they are. I Googled yes, it. Yes, they are. Chair stairs. You Did you really? Yes, Randy. I've fallen down the stairs twice. They're like two grand on the cheap end. And we're talking all the way up to eight, nine K if we're really trying to buckle in and move. Can I provide you an aside here? When they have those hover-around commercials, why do they show people taking their hover-around to the edge of the Grand Canyon? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Are people trying to hover off of the edge of the Grand Canyon and down into the ravine? I don't know. Hover-around takes you where you want to go. Well, it takes you exactly to the edge of the Grand Canyon. (laughs) It's unbelievable that they have commercials that show people... I mean, if you have a hover-around, right, you... You're, you're trying to get through a grocery store. You're trying to get through uh, Menards or a Walgreens. I really don't think you're taking that thing, I would hope, to the edge of the Grand Canyon. Just me. Why not? I mean, you don't want to show people that this this isn't a mundane, Randy. This will take you everywhere you want to go. It really does. That's just good advertising right there. I wonder if anybody really does that except for on, on the commercial side. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. What you know, we- now that we're here on commercials, do you think that the entire fragrance industry got together and said, hey, when we're making a commercial, let's make it as weird as possible? As weird with a big, expensive star. Yes. Like, okay, well, let's get Natalie Portman in here. And what about this? Why do they horseback all have to talk like ride- this? Horseback riding on the moon, but with a lover. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It is. Every fragrance commercial, I'm like, this is the dumbest concept I've ever seen, and this probably costs you $10 million. Yep, that's the thing. And then where does that uh, get passed along to, that expense? Uh, to the consumer. It's unfair. But it doesn't make me want to buy a fragrance because I see <laughs> so, so I see a, an actress blooming into a flower and then shedding her leaves like the Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast, I don't know. It's crazy. It's bizarre. Every Dolce & Gabbana ad just wants to make me go swimming. That's all it is. I just, I just, I'm like, oh, cool. You know what? A trip to Italy sounds wonderful right now. It's weird marketing. I have a peaker pit. My peak is that I've started, I've gotten, got more active. I started playing some basketball. My pit is that the league we joined, every single team has at least like two, six, five guys, and we did not see this coming. We've now seen every other team in the league through the weeks now, and it's going to be rough for me. I'm, I'm, the exercise is fun, but I'm going to get dunked on at least one point here in the next couple weeks. It's going to be rough. Here we go, 636. Peak, I got my annual bonus today. Pitt, how much of it I'm going to lose in taxes? Oh, taxes are the worst. I hate being an adult, Randy. I'm paying taxes. I'm falling down the stairs. I mean, this, I'm paying for runners. Not every adult falls down the stairs. It's just not part of adulthood. I fell down down the stairs a lot more as a kid. Well, 65780, I'm getting a lot of people chiming in and saying, I too have fallen down the stairs. Someone said I was on vacation. I dislocated an elbow. Hmm. You're just living your life fun and fancy free. Walk, try, just trying to get from one place to another. The next thing you know, boom, your life can change. You're at the bottom of the stairs. So I had a golden. And by the way, happy birthday to Darby the Golden today. Three it's years Darby's old. Darby's birthday? Yeah, happy she got to sit at the table and have breakfast with me. Happy birthday She, she to had Darby. scrambled eggs, too. I love it. And uh, Tucker would start at the top of the steps, get to the bottom of the steps in like a half second, and not touch a step in between. Wow. He was unbelievable. Wow. So that's what you need to do is just take the leap. Mm, there's a lot of stairs. I don't think I could do that. 618, peak. You know, I'm an Arkansas alumni and a lifelong Duke basketball fan. They both won last night. My pit. Who do I root for now? One of them has to lose on Saturday. I would uh, root for the one that you have the greatest passion for. He said Duke was one of them? Mm-hmm. He said he's a Duke and Arkansas fan. 
I would Arkansas go, alum. I would go with Duke because this is your last chance with Coach K. Yeah, and maybe your last chance. I don't, you never know. I think they'll still be in the mix. Yeah, for a while at least. Yeah. Five seven three peak. Army was able to find a defensive upgrade without giving away the farm pit due to international break. There's no Tottenham action this weekend. Oh no, no Harry Kane. Coys. Yeah. Oh well, international breaks are good though. You need a break sometimes, and international ones are great. <laughs> six three six peak. My manager fired the person I couldn't stand or get along with. Pitt, my boss, then assigned me the task of refilling the position. Get somebody that you like. Yeah, I don't think go. that's a pit. You get to interview so. somebody. Yeah, get somebody that is a hard worker that you like. Correct. Five seven three peak. It's spring opening day. It's it's spring and opening day is less than two weeks away. The Masters are right around the corner. Pitt, hearing the Cardinals' new pitcher Packy tell us that he was eight in two thousand four. Getting old stinks. I was saying that to Michelle. Yeah, it's we're in a different world now. I'm just I just said I'm googling electric stairs. I'm googling a life <laughs> alert. <laughs> And I'm in my 30s. <laughs> I'm complaining about taxes. I mean. You have kind of accelerated the process here. Yeah, we're pretty. Uh, you shouldn't be at the I've fallen and I can't get up stage. I was laying there on the landing screaming, not again. And I thought to myself, how am I going to get up to the top of the stairs to get my phone if I'm. Because the first time I was bleeding on my back, I was like, if I am Ouch. incapable of coming to work, how am I going to let Randy know that I can't get in? Because there's there's no one here to fill in for me. We're a morning show. Yeah. And that's when I thought, shut out a life alert. I, I know there's no like possible way this actually happened, but every time I picture what happened it was, I picture you shaking your fist at the sky. No, not again. I would have, but I couldn't move. <laughs> 309 peak. My bracket is in the top 500 for ESPN. Wow. Pitt, I have to have carpal tunnel surgery on opening day of baseball. Oh. Uh, that's easy. Don't worry about it. As long as it's in the morning, just go home and sit around and watch the game. Carpal tunnel surgery is nothing. Oh, really? Yeah. But still, home opener. Maybe you'd want to be downtown, hanging out with your friends. Yeah. But you having can, a at nice least cold one. Be able to watch the game. Actually, my carpal tunnel surgery, they just did it because I broke both my wrists. And they said, well, well we're in there. We'll just cut those and take care of it. So they did. Hmm. So if you really don't want to have to deal with carpal tunnel syndrome, my recommendation is you go up to that top rung on a ladder where it says, do not stand here and try to adjust a wreath and fall off. Yeah. And make sure that you you're, you hit the driveway with your fists and crush both of your wrists. Yeah, I mean, that's one option. <laughs> I'll never forget the nurse saying, so Randy, what's your pain level here on a scale of one to ten? I said, eh, about a four. And she, she laughed. She said, no, it's at least a seven. <laughs> Was it? It wasn't. No, I didn't. I thought I jammed them. And then she, I, she said, what do you think you've done? I said, they're probably jammed. We just need to pull them out and get them back to... You know, so that they're back in their sockets again. She comes back with the x-rays and says, uh, you're going to have to have surgery on both wrists tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow? Yeah. So I had it the, the next, next day because it was late at night. It oh, was, okay. It was 8, 9, 10 at night or something. I can't believe you thought it was a 4. It surgery on both wrists and you're registering was, a 4. I was toughing it out, yeah. Wow. Clearly you were, my lord. Peak, I took a trip to Dallas to see my first NBA game. Pitt, the weather in Dallas was worse than it is here. Wow. Really? Hmm. That's shocking. It's good to know. I don't know why I was doing the thing where you scroll on the weather app because I'm a fool. It was 65 in Denver yesterday and sunny. Of course, Denver has like, the it's best temperature 39 ever. here. It was hurting. It was painful. But then their home like opener it. will get snowed out. Yeah. Like I said, sometimes there's silver lining. Sometimes, you know, yeah. there's the other thing. 
Have we checked the weather for our home opener? What it's what we're working on? I have with? not looked at Let it, but we're going to be indoors. Out. We're going to be indoors at uh, the Budweiser Brew House at Ballpark Village, 7 to 10 on the morning of uh, April 7th. So we're looking forward to but that. But everybody else is, we're going to be going out later, you know, hanging out outside, yep. going to Where? the... We've got the 101 ESPN party. Let's see. Let's go to weather.com here. Oh, no, this is the national average. This is not what we want. AccuWeather. Here we go. All over it. Okay. AccuWeather knows what I will, they're doing. I'll update you. Uh, Pitt, uh, I can feel the spring allergies coming. Mm. Peak baseball. Okay, 66 as the high oh, with a chance oh, oh, oh. of showers on the 7th. Won't happen. No showers. Low of At least no showers during the game. Um, we're looking at winds coming out of the northwest at 6 miles per hour with wind gusts of up to 20 miles an hour. Probability mm. of precipitation on the home opener, 55%. But guys, 0% probability of thunderstorms. See, we're going to play. It's going to be great. That's opening day uh, less than two weeks now. Looking forward to it. Coming up on 101 ESPN, get your text back in 65780. It's Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. All right. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Michelle, Randy, and Matthew. And we want to get your text, 65780. Michelle, I tweeted this last night, and I want you to weigh in here. Okay. With April Major League Baseball rosters at 28 players, and then 26 after that, if Albert Pujols wanted to return to the Cardinals for his Uncle Charlie, 50s, that's Albert or uh, Adam Wainwright, and Yachty's final season, mm-hmm. and if he would do so for a minimal salary, would you want the Cardinals to sign him? Last night on the poll, 2,600 respondents said uh, of the 2,600, 80.7% said yes, sign Albert. 19.3% said no, don't sign Albert. Take it or leave it, you would prefer the Cardinals sign Albert if he'll come for a minimum salary. I would take that. Um, If money is not going to be a hang-up here, I think it would be wonderful to have him back. Now, as we've talked about, I've gone back and forth on this for several reasons. Number one... Excuse me. Number one, I want the Cardinals to be acquiring the best possible players to put them in the best position to win. And I don't know if Albert Pujols will be that. We don't know what's left in the tank. We did see the photo where he's looking good. Mm-hmm. So we don't we don't know what he has left yet. But I'd be open to seeing it. But after we spoke to Ned Coletti and he talked about the impact that Albert Pujols had with the Dodgers, this is not a team that's void of leadership by many means. It's one of the most leadership-rich teams that we've had in St. Louis sports in a long time. But... It's never going to be a bad thing to bring in a voice like Albert Pujols to help guide some of these young players along. And I just think it would be another incentive to win, to have all three of those yep. guys together, your final season together. And I think it would be an awesome ending to his story that everybody was so upset when he left. He he went elsewhere and has found his way back home. It would be magical. Every time that we were at Bush Stadium seeing him there, it would be very cool. This ownership seems to be heavily tradition-laden. When you look at the Cardinals Hall of Fame and you look at the way the ballpark is constructed with a lot of retro items that make it feel more traditional, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to embrace the tradition at a minimum salary. 
if you could get him to hit 700 wearing a Cardinals yep. uniform, what what more do you want from a historical standpoint than that? Yeah. The only thing is, and they have to worry, I guess, about optics, but I don't think it's that bad. If he's hitting 114 with no homers when you get to June 1st and you have to DFA him, that's because he's done. And you come to an agreement where you say, okay, it's not going to happen here. After Matt Carpenter last year, I think that Cardinals fans would give Albert more of a grace period than they did Matt Carpenter. I would think so. Who was a, a player who had done a lot for you that wasn't performing. But Al- Albert is in a different stratosphere. And you are an incredibly smart front office. You understand what you need to do to put people in a position to win. I can tell you right now, to put Albert Pujols in a position to win, you hit him against left-handed pitching. He's a DH and pinch hitter against left-handed pitching. Maybe one day when you want to give Goldie a day off, you let Albert play first base against the left-hander. It's not that hard. Take it or leave it. I'm going to throw mine out the window because it was about the NFL. Take it or leave it. If Albert was sitting at six ninety nine, the ticket at home, if it was at home, for him to hit 700 in, Bu- in Bush Stadium would be the highest price ticket we've seen in St. Louis sports history. Ever. Ever. Yes, take it. I cannot even imagine the prices that those tickets would go for. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a new age with the secondary market and people being willing to spend more for an experience. So yeah, it'd be the it'd be higher than any World Series game or any playoff game that any Stanley Cup game that we have had in St. Louis. It I, would. I wonder if they would reach Super Bowl status because there'd be people coming in from all over yeah, there, to, to be it, a part of this. It'd be interesting. All right, what do we have on the text line six five seven eight zero? Here is Matthew. Take it or leave it. Michelle is just months away from yelling, "Get off my lawn!" Oh, I'm already there. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll so take I'm going to leave it because I'm already there. <laughs> I'm like, kids today, they don't want to work. <laughs> All they do is scroll on their TikToks. <laughs> we are like a week away from that from that take, too. You're right. <laughs> take it or leave it if the Blues tried to move Bennington before the deadline, but there were no takers. I'm going to leave that. Uh, Doug Armstrong vehemently denied that that was a thought. Yeah, I'm going to leave that, too, and I believe Army. And he's going to be your goalie next year. Jordan Bennington, who has a no-trade clause, by the way, is going to be your goalie next season. 314, take it or leave it. Wayno throws a complete game shutout and Yachty hits a home run on what will be their last opening day. Leave it. Um, which one? Both? If there is a complete game thrown by a Cardinal this year, it won't be after three weeks of spring training on opening day. Correct. <laughs> um, I could see Yachty hitting a home run, though. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for the drama. Take it or leave it. The Cards will, Cardinals will trade a a number two or three starting for a number two or three starting pitcher before the end of the year. Say that again? The Cardinals will trade for a number two or three starting pitcher before the end of the year. I'll take that. I think, oh, I'll be confident. Yeah, I'll take I'm, that I'm too. Gonna, I think that they're going to need to. Yeah. Is, would you describe, is that what you would describe Sean Mania as? I would. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And depending on who's out, maybe Jay Happ. <laughs> there was a surprising amount of pushback from Cardinals fans from Greg Amsinger's comments yesterday about Sean Mania. <laughs> It is, they didn't think it was going to happen. I hope it does, though. Take it or leave it. You would rather be battling allergies all day long and it be nice out than no allergies and it be cold. Oh, take, take, Yeah, I'll take, take. that. Yeah. I will suffer in the sunshine. Yeah, take it every, yeah, take take that every single time. Take it or leave it. There will be an MLB team with at least 90 or more losses this season. There will be an MLB team, team with at least 90 or more? Losses. There will be multiples. Yeah, there's going to. The Orioles are still playing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they someone's going to hit 100. Yeah. 
Absolutely, someone's going to lose, win less than 62 baseball games. I have no doubt well, about we, that one. Last year, you had, let me just get it here, uh, Orioles lost 110. The Rangers lost 102. They shouldn't this year. And the Pirates lost 101. And the Diamondbacks lost 110. I would suggest that you'll have 400 lost teams again. So you're thinking Orioles. You're thinking... Pirates. Pirates. I'll throw the Diamondbacks in there again. Mm. And then if you look at that... uh, Well, let's see. AL Central. Cleveland would be the team that you'd look at in the AL Central. And... I think you're okay in the AL West. So, how about uh, the Reds could hit ninety? Yeah, the the, the Reds easily could yeah. hit ninety. Yeah, and uh, not a hundred, but ninety. Yeah, 90 Colorado, even with Chris Bryant, they don't have much pitching, and they got to go against the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres all the time. They could do it too. They could pull it off. They're they're really good at finding ways to lose. <laughs> yes, they are. Take it or leave it. There will be a men's or women's NCAA tip. NCAA team losing by at least 20 or more points this weekend. I'll leave that. Yeah, I'm going to just leave it simply because once you get to Sweet 16s, everybody's pretty good. It's hard to lose by 20 once you get to this point of the season. Mm-hmm. If St. Peter's is down by 20 against Purdue, I'm going to be so sad. That will make me, I, I will honestly, that will break my freaking heart. Uh, take it or leave it. Matt Carpenter gets DFA'd by the Rangers. Leave it. I'll leave it too. Absolutely. In fact, new swing. I am going to go with Matt Carpenter as the American League's comeback player of the year. Wow. I shouldn't do that because Justin Verlander is in the American League, but I'm going to do it anyway. Is it because of the work he did in the Mm offseason? He changed his swing. He changed his bat. He's changed his approach. Yep. All of that. And And he's a good guy. He is a good guy. We love Marp. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to take it. Do you think, though, that he can have the success if he's in Texas and not getting vegetables from Adam Wainwright's garden to make the salsa? Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. He's done pretty bad with the salsas in the last yeah, couple of years. Sure. It's also, it's Texas. I mean, Tex-Mex. I mean, there's got to be some great salsa. There's got to be some great salsa mines mm. down there. No, but it's all it's all about the ingredients. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Coming up next, did the lack of a labor agreement hurt people like Matthew Libertor and Nolan Gorman? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Character and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by the Schnooks Rewards app. Check out Good For You. A free wellness program available in the app today. Eight oh one in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle and Randy and Matthew with you. And guys, the Cardinals have ten spring training games left, including today. And clearly, they want to get the guys they know are going to be on the team ready. You want to get Wainwright ready. You want to get Michaelis and you want to get Dakota Hudson and Steven Matz ready. You want to get your bullpen guys ready. Apparently, Jordan Hicks is going to throw today. And to this point, Michelle, Matthew Libertor in this abbreviated spring training has thrown only two innings. Now, he he did pitch well. He allowed a couple of hits. He did allow a, a run, but at least he's he's off and running. And then his best friend, Nolan Gorman, has had the most at-bats of any Cardinal. He's had 13. 
but he only has a couple of hits. He's at 154, and he's not going to have time, in my opinion, to be able to rebound because the Cardinals are going to have more faith, more trust in a player like Tommy Edmond, a player like Paul DeYoung, a player like Edmundo Sosa. So my guess would be that here we are a more than a third away of the way through spring training, that we are going to see Gorman and Libertor here on April 7th simply because they didn't have enough time to show what they can do. If we had, this is, we played seven spring training games. I think maybe even not that many. But if the Cardinals were playing 30 or 31 spring training games, these guys would have plenty of time to show themselves. But with the limited number of games available and at-bats and innings available, I don't see those guys making the team, and it's because baseball couldn't reach a labor agreement. Again, baseball hurts their young players because of their actions. And wasn't that the entire point of them holding out in the manner in which they did is to protect the next generation? Mm-hmm. And I understand their thought process, but I don't think, Randy, we're fully thinking through just how deeply this is going to affect this young crop of players, especially because they're coming off a year that was already disrupted because of the pandemic. So they've already had their timelines be shaken up. They've already had their development be shaken up. And now here they are in this position where they don't, know what's happening with the lockout. They can't get in touch with the teams. They can't see their training staff. I know a guy like Juan Yepes was supposed to come to spring training early and work with Jose Okendo. That's valuable time for him to work with one of the best baseball minds in the organization and help him be better. And he doesn't have that time. And then coupled with all of that, as you mentioned, they finally do arrive and then their t- their opportunities are limited. So they can't even really show themselves um, and show what they can do the way that they would before. And I think that it's going to be interesting a couple years from now to Mm -hmm. look back on this exact subset of players and see what their development looks like. Are, are they, are they advanced because they've had to be thrown into the fire and because of uh, truncated season and truncated spring trainings and things like that. No season in 2020. No season in 2020. Exactly. Or is their development delayed? And when they do get thrown into the major league situations, they're not ready. And this is an advantage for people like we talked to Packy Naughton earlier. He's, had a full minor league career. He's pitched in the majors. When you sign a guy like Corey Dickerson, an experienced left-handed bat, you expected that there was a chance that Nolan Gorman could be a left-handed bat to start your season. Now Corey Dickerson is that guy, and yes, it can benefit Nolan Gorman because he's going to go down to the minors, but you're going to reach a point at some point where those guys, they just can't get any better at AAA, and unfortunately they're going to be older. Now, Gorman and Libertor are really young, but the guys that are going to be 23, 24, 25 years old, maybe they've already been cut and they don't have an opportunity. A lot of probably decent careers are going to go by the wayside because of the way the union and the ownership have acted. And this is going to affect every team in Major League Baseball, but of course we localize it. And I always try to think of things through the Cardinals' perspective. And this is an organization that still is wanting to look at all of their prospects with the finest of tooth combs because of the Randy Rosarana situation. Mm -hmm. John Mosaic said, we're never going to not know who we have in-house again. We need to know these guys better than anybody so we're not parting with prospects like that. Well, it's hard to really know what you have when you don't have the time to give them the opportunity to show what they can do, especially 
especially during spring training. It's it's very difficult. And it's an opportunity this year for teams like the Cubs and the Pirates and the Reds to develop guys at the major league level. But if you're trying to win, and presumably the Cardinals are, why not go get a Pujols? And if he's not ready, at least you give Yepes another month to improve himself at the AAA level. You learn more about him. Mm-hmm. He gets more experience. I don't see the downside at this point to signing a guy like Pujols. If he's productive for you, great. If he's not, he gets you a little bit more development time. The only downside for it would be if he is terrible and you have to DFA him, that's a bad look. But everybody moves beyond that kind of stuff. I mean, Steve Carlton got cut. He got let go by the Phillies. It it happens. It's just part and parcel of baseball. Not every, Nobody plays forever. But my fear is that they would never do that to him. Even if he was not performing, just the respect level they have for him, knowing that people are showing up to the ballpark, spending a lot of money to see him. I mean, they've given a lot of these veteran guys that they have respect for a very long leash. I I just don't see them ever being able to cut the cord with Albert Pujols. Well, this is an organization and obviously a different ownership, different time that put Bob Gibson into the bullpen. It is the same ownership that essentially gave Ozzie Smith money to go away, to to retire, and they benched Ozzie Smith in his last year. I don't think that there are many warm fuzzies on the part of the Cardinals. I, I, if they're trying to win, and by the way, I'm not so sure that they're going to be good enough to win this year anyway, why not give that guy the opportunity, at least to early on, to show what he can do? Because I think if they bring him in, it's not strictly a baseball move. It's also a business move. And that would mean that when you're thinking about what to do with him, you're thinking about it through at least partially a business lens. And there's going to be a lot. But we, How many times during this lockout did we talk about the fact that even prior to the pandemic, we're not selling out playoff games here in St. Louis mm-hmm. anymore? But if you think that this is your last opportunity to take your kids to Bush Stadium and see Albert, you're going to buy a ticket. And whether that's the way Cardinals fans want this thing to operate or not, it's reality. And I and I just know if you're going to bring Albert in, you're going to be thinking about all of the money that you're going to generate in addition to the baseball side of well, it. Well, then there's a lot of angles that they have to look at here. Number one, the Dodgers were able to win and Albert Pools was able to be a productive mem- member of the Dodgers playoff team last year. The Cardinals went to the playoffs the last two years with Matt Carpenter on their team and producing at a level where Albert could never be any war- And again, this is just looking at numbers. This isn't anything personal against Matt Carpenter. Albert can't be worse than Matt Carpenter no. was the last couple of years, right? So if you have that guy, because you have an expanded roster of 26, even if he isn't performing at a level that you would hope that he would, Having him for business purposes is great, and there's no reason that you couldn't win with him not performing well. Because you have won with somebody not performing well. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I also think that there's a lot of people that... The Cardinals may not have the warm fuzzies, but I think a lot of fans would. And there's a lot of people that would say, keep him here. He's getting closer to 700. I would rather see him make history wearing a Cardinal uniform than I would him strike out in the process and and maybe contribute to the Cardinals lose a game. We are, we are weird creatures as fans. There are certain things that we really care about. And I think a lot of people here in St. Louis would really care about seeing that moment. And so they would want him to be here. Yeah. Right. And even if even if it meant along the way, he's disappointing. At I, times. I saw him 
when he was 28 strikeout to end games. Yes, good point, good point. <laughs> so it, it has happened. As Michael Jordan said, he missed more game-winning attempts than he made. That's going to happen, and it's certainly going to happen when you're 42, 43 years old. One other point, and we need to bring the business part of this into the conversation. If he would be willing to sign for the minimum, and that's the scuttlebutt, <laughs> is there a way that the Cardinals could not profit? If if Albert Pujols is making a million dollars and he is on your team and you're the Cardinals, is there a way that you don't profit from that? No. I don't not see a, a scenario in which the Cardinals don't make more than a million dollars. I would be surprised if they don't make 10 times, 10 times that. I mean, think about the merchandise that mm-hmm. will be bought, not the ticket sales that will be through the roof. People care about our guys here in St. Louis. And I know there's a lot of people listening that when he chose to leave said he's never my guy. I think based on the sample size that we have, there's an overwhelming number of people that still have great affection for number five. And you have to add to that the fact that A, the Cardinals didn't sell out a game last year, and B, it's not just number five, but it's number four and number 50. Mm -hmm. You have those three, and presumably they're all going to retire after the season. Might be the best going away party in the history of sports. So here's three texts off the bat. No, from the eight four seven. I would rather see Albert again than a World Series this year. To be honest, how about that? I'm. That's just how people think. Mm-hmm. From the three one four. What's the difference of pool hole struggling or Marper De Young? At least we like Albert. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> you know. And then from the six one eight. No, no, no. Have you seen him? He can barely move. Let's remember him as a star, not as a statue. I know that there's people that feel that way, but I got to tell you, Michelle, I didn't, I don't really remember Michael Jordan's two years with the Wizards. I, I remember his greatness, but I do believe that there are people, especially in this town, who have 19 year old kids who, when they were nine or eight, might not remember Albert, but they want to have that connection, that family connection of being able to tell that teenager that's the best player you'll ever see. He might not look great right now, but that's the best player you're ever going to see, and I want you to be able to see him. I imagine a scenario in which we're at Bush Stadium, and any time he steps into the box, every fan is standing. They're recording it on their phones. The, these are memories that you will have forever. Whether he, If he strikes out, you might delete it. If mm-hmm. he hits a home run, you're going to talk about that for the rest of your life. You're going to say, I saw 677 at Bush mm-hmm. Stadium. It was versus the Pirates. I was there. You know, these are these are moments that you can't put quantify what that means for you as a sports fan, as a Cardinals fan. I can put it in perspective a little bit. Number one, my daughter Katie was born in 1997. So she does not remember Cardinal baseball without Yadier Molina behind the plate. She was seven and she's 24 now. Think about that. And she faintly remembers Albert Pujols, but I think she would like to go to a game to watch him walk up to the plate and hear the crowd and hear the music and just to see what he does. And if, if something magical happens like it has in the last couple of series he's been in St. Louis, all the better. And there will be magical moments, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I think just for nostalgia, I, baseball is a sport of nostalgia. Oh, yeah. I think seeing him just walk up to the plate and being able to watch him take an at-bat is an advantage. Regardless of what he does, I believe young people in St. Louis should get that opportunity. And maybe this is because 
the way that I remember Albert is that he can he can do anything at any time. But I just have this this vision in my mind that he comes back here and it's this revitalization within him. And he he can see 700 down the road and he can see a final championship with the Cardinals and that he just tears it up. Now, I know in reality, from where he's at in his career, physical standpoint, it's it's far less likely that that happens than not. But can't you just see that? Would you not be surprised, Randy? Think about when he came back with the Angels and he hits the home run. He mm-hmm. just always finds a way to make the magic happen. Yeah. And when Mark McGuire was doing the home run chase, you could I could pick any one of those home runs and you could yep. tell me where you were and what happened. Couldn't you just see that being the case here? We always Definitely. talk about what is going to thaw the ice between baseball fans and the product. Well, watching Albert Pujols get to 700 and do it in a Cardinals uniform, that'd be pretty cool. It'd be a fun step. I think we're, we're both on board. And by the way, we are more sentimental. Some fans are just ice cold and it's all about, well, let's get the guy that has the 940 OPS. Well, if you can get a guy that has 940 OPS, you take him. But <laughs> the the guy that's 24 has a much better chance of being good than the guy who's 42. Well, the guy who's 24 you've never seen before and I'm getting yeah, I'm not I don't want to be unfair to Juan Yepes. But I I do believe that in a town like this with a baseball history like this, that more fans would like to see Albert Pujols step to the plate on April 7th than they would like to see Juan Yepes step to the plate. And this is with all due respect to Juan Yepes. Cardinals gave up at Matt Adams for Juan Yepes. Mm-hmm. They gave up a lot to get him. So We love Juan Yepes. Yeah, nothing against yeah. Juan Yepes. I just Shout out. Yeah, want to see Albert. Uh, my mind is made up. Isn't it amazing how one conversation with Ned Coletti completely shifted yep, both, of our com- yeah. <laughs> both of our perspectives well, on this? And this is a smart baseball guy who watched him all, all year last year. And I have complete faith in. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And that's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Joe Vitale is next. Stick around. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by the Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Michelle and Randy go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and the great Joe Vitale joins us as he does every Friday. We always look forward to visiting with you, sir. How are you doing? Good morning. Randy, great morning. Great morning to you and Michelle. Thanks. Doing well. I, I want to start with this. I have a dog, a golden, whose birthday is today. Her name is Darby Shaw, and uh, I allowed her to sit at the breakfast table with me this morning, and she had <laughs> scrambled eggs, as did I. Is this something that could happen in the Vitali household? You know what? We don't we don't have our dog sit with us. We also have a golden retriever. Um, I don't know how you get your dog to train to sit and actually have scrambled eggs with you, Randy. It's but unbelievable. All the power- all the power to you. I was going to say, I know the golden retrievers are one of the smartest breeds uh, we, we've ever we've ever encountered with dogs. So certainly that's something I think a golden tree, golden retriever is capable of. No, our our golden Gracie uh, is an awesome dog, and she just uh, literally is a table scrapper. I mean, literally, I I don't think we've fed the dog dog food in about two years. It just <laughs> it hangs around uh, the baby's high chairs and the kids' food, and 
it's gotten so bad where as I'm cleaning up the breakfast table, I don't even sweep the food in the trash can anymore. I literally like a like a barbarian just chuck it on the floor knowing that Gracie is gonna is just gonna devour it. And uh she's put on a little weight, but she's a happy dog, that's all I can say. Yeah, Joey, that sounds like a life hack that you don't have to sweep. You just know Gracie's there to clean it up. Exactly, exactly right. And um, you know, a- eggs as well. It's good. It's good you had eggs with uh, your dog, though, Randy. Uh, there is something about uh, eggs that I guess it, it brings out a good coat mm. in dogs. Have you seen? Have you heard about this? It kind of brings Shiny, up the shine right? the coat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was not aware of that, but that's a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of like the same as uh, if you ever have a banana peel and you need to shine your shoes. Uh, you can use the inside of a banana peel to shine a shoe. If you're ever like uh, in a pinch or on the road and your shoes, your dress shoes are a little scuffy, have a banana at breakfast, which is the most most popular fruit in America, by the way, because oh. it's easy to grab. Once you eat the banana, kind of put a little put a little peel on your shoe, wipe it off with a towel. You have your shoes look brand new, uh, and the same goes for eggs with dogs. You know, you want to have a nice little shine coat for your dog. They say give them a sunny side of eggs. I love that, Joe. So before we dive into Blues Hockey, I have two things that I want to discuss with you, if you don't mind. Number one, uh, I know you had a game last night. I know you've been very busy with your family, with your Blues obligations. But did you see my fellow Paisan that Italy has been knocked out of the 2022 World Cup qualifying? We need to commiserate here. I I literally couldn't even focus on the game last night. I mean, that, (laughs) that was a double whammy last night, the way the Blues play, losing the Flyers. But more importantly, you're right. Uh, I didn't see the game. I don't know how it happened. All North I did Macedonia, was Joe. I, oh, man. That sounds like a made-up place. It's not even real. <laughs> I know. It sounds like it's in a Disney movie or something. It sounds like it's from, like, Avatar. Yes. Or, like, like a planet out in outer space in, like, three galaxies. Like, are you serious, Macedonia? What? <laughs> oh, man. I was so flustered. I don't know. Why, I don't even know if Michelle is even worth watching the World Cup. You know what? I think, I think the World Cup committee should come together and say, like, hey, like, I get it. I get it that they got bounced, but it's Italy. Like it's Italy. You have to have them in. It's like it's like an All Star game at the end of Wayne Gretzky's career. Like you know, was his point totals there? Maybe not so much, but it's Wayne Gretzky. Get him to the freaking All Star game. He, he belongs there. And and to me, I think they should make the same the same case for Italy. I agree. The 2020 Euro champs, come on, push them through. But I I digress. Uh, The other thing, Joey, that I need to get a ruling from you on, so if you don't mind, put on your white wig here. I need you to be the judge and jury here. Nathan Walker, uh, Braden Shen was talking about him after the game. He called him Walks, said his nickname is Walks. Randy over here has been trying to give him the nickname Nadub. And it's it's gaining (laughs) some traction here, Joey. So I need a ruling from you. Are we going to allow Nadub or not? No, 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 Randy. I, I, I agree with you a lot, but I'm, I'm going to be real here for a minute. Nadub is not going to work for me. I don't think it's going to work for a while. It sounds too much like Nate Dog. Wasn't that a rapper? Yes, it was. Yes, yes, Nothing yes, wrong yeah, with Nate, that. No, it's fine. I don't know if it's rap music, but he's just not a Nate. Is it Nate Dub? Is Nate Dub. And it's like J-Lo or A-Rod, but it's Nate, N-A-D, Walker, D-U-B, for the W. I feel like the, the scene from Step Brothers. Are you seeing Pam or Pan? Is, is, is it Pan? Pan? I, I think. Okay, hold on. Any nickname you throw out, if it if it begs the question of how you pronounce it or how is it said, I think that's where you draw the line. Like nicknames got to be smooth. They got to be easy. They got to be fluid. And and to mention, not to mention, Randy, you should know that you've been in sports a long time. They can't be two words like Nate Dub. That's to me. That's two words. No, that's too long. It's like it's like one word. Just Nate Dub. <laughs> Nate Dub. Nate Dub. Okay, so it's two. It's basically just a, 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 one word with two syllables. Nate yes, Dub. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think walks is simple. Um, 
Yeah, I think it could confuse the players on the ice. I, I like walks. I think that's the way to go. Uh, Randy, I think this one's going to die on the vine. I hate, to, I hate to break it to you. Darn it. How about Lobro? <laughs> how about Toro? How about, the, how, about, how about the carpenter? I mean, his, I found out his dad. So, so Nathan Walker, I was talking in the hallway yesterday, and I've always been intrigued by players like him because, you know, you're undersized. You were born in Wales. You have an Australian accent. How in the heck did you make it to the National Hockey League? I mean, it's, it's actually a pretty cool story. I'm surprised yeah. there hasn't been more stories written about it. But I was asking about his childhood and kind of where he gets his inf- inspiration of, you know, playing that high-energy game, and he just has a motor that doesn't quit, and we're talking about his family. His dad was a rugby player in Australia, which was, like, fascinating. You can tell, kind of tell that's where he kind of gets his competitive nature from. But also he said his mom, who was a cop, and then so he had like a lot of fiery things from his mom's side. But then his dad was also, who now works at the airport, used to be a carpenter. And he used to just build things. And then I asked him, you know, were you around a lot with your dad? And he said, oh, yeah, my dad was always taking me to the shop. We were always building things. They, they built their whole uh, weight facility uh, at their original oh, home cool. where they worked out together. Yeah, so just it's always kind of cool uh, to see how, how kids kind of grew up in the environment, in the environment that they grew up in which I thought was pretty cool. And it's funny, I had that conversation with them just two days after St. Joseph's Day, as we know, Michelle, which mm-hmm. was March 19th. Hope you celebrated, had a good loaf of bread. Yes. Uh, St. Joseph, carpenter. Jesus followed in his footsteps the whole way. And here I am talking to Nathan Walker, whose father was a carpenter. It's just really, really cool to kind of see the connection right there. But uh, to your point, maybe maybe Carpo or Carp or something along the carpenter line for the nickname for Nathan Walker, possibly. That doesn't really work. Yeah, okay. I like the carpenter because he's going to build success for the team. But nobody mm. knows. there. So jo- Joey, <laughs> as, a, as a player, a guy who played in the NHL and really had to, to play hard to play in the NHL, do you get frustrated when you're up in the booth and after the game the players admit, hey, we just didn't compete. We didn't, we didn't give the best effort that we could. We know the coach is going to say that, but the players all agree. How do you react when you're watching something like that unfold? Yeah, it's, I tell you what, that's a good question, Randy. It, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to, uh, to see games like that. But it, I don't know, I think I'm split. Like, I understand why it happens because it's a long season. Um, and I certainly did not have that, you know, my same level, compete level every single game. It's hard to stay very consistent with it uh, because it is a long season and it's a grind. But at the same time, um, I think that there are, there are certain things that you can control as a player and there's certain things you just can't control. You know, you can't control if you hit the post. You can't control if you have four scoring chances and maybe one doesn't bounce in. That's just the way sometimes the puck drops. But I think to me it's always been within your control is to kind of bring bring the energy, bring the attitude, and, and definitely bring the compete. Because, you know, I think that, you know, you know for, for how I had to play, and I knew that that was kind of the only way I had to play in order to get, to get in the lineup. You know, I think it's changed a lot and the game's changed a lot where – I think players are given a lot more of a cushion when they've not had good games. I mean, uh, this kind of goes back to how players are treated, I think, nowadays. I mean, kind of in my days where if you had one game, it was like, okay, that's a warning. Two games, you know, bad games in a row where you didn't bring your compete. I remember showing up to the rink and there'd be a guy from Wilkes-Barre or a guy from the minors um, coming up from, from Arizona that just would be in the locker room. And I would kind of say, oh, hey, you know, welcome, blah, blah, blah. And before, before you know it, uh, he's taking my spot. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that's just kind of how it was, right? And, and the coaches really didn't talk to you. They didn't give you an explanation. But you kind of had to figure it out yourself. And I learned very early that, you know, that, that's just kind of how it was. You know, I was also, though, in a different spot than some of, some of the – let's just call it the younger players, for example – 
um, you know, when I, when I made it to the national hockey league, it was, I was 25, 26 years old. I had one baby, one on the way. Uh, I think my giddy up was a little bit more urgent because I had a family to raise and I had, you know, kids to look after my wife and family. So there were certain motivations where, you know, I would show up on any given night and I would know that if, if I didn't perform to, to the level I needed to, that someone else would come in and do it for me. And, and I don't know if maybe that urgency is there in, in this day and age in this game as much as it used to be where there's like, you are quote unquote replaceable. Uh, but no, there are, there are many times that uh, you, you get ready, you get ready for a game, you're exhausted, you're tired, but you just got to go in there and put your Superman suit on and you got to kind of take on this kind of avatar as we we're, were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You got to take on this avatar approach that this is just who I have to be here tonight for the next three hours, even though maybe I don't want to be, but this is what my team needs, my family needs, this is what I need to do in order to stay in this league and stay around. But, you know, I think last night was uh, certainly one of those performances where you have to look around and, you know, Craig Bruby said it best, just, it was just maybe a little bit of arrogance of playing a team that is a little bit lower in the standings. But uh, regardless of the fact, it's something that uh, certainly has to get cleaned up. This isn't something, as they say in sports, that you just sweep under the rug because this is going to come back and blow right in your face. You know, I, I love the expression, sweep it under the rug, because when I was a kid, you know, th- th- this, is, this is what happens when you sweep stuff away thinking it's going to get buried. When I was a kid, Randy and Michelle, I uh, big Italian family. We all had chores. Whenever I was in charge of sweeping the floor, I don't know if I told you guys this or not, but when I was a young kid, I'm sweeping the whole floor, and then all the air vents on the floor, you know, like the, the things mm-hmm. with the lids, mm-hmm. I thought that's where your dirt. Oh. So I would literally sweep everything into this air vent, thinking, okay, this is perfect. Just sweep it in the air vent, all, all good to go. Wait, that's, until, not the way to, that's not supposed to happen? <laughs> <laughs> until dinner that night, when my dad came home from like a 14-hour shift and pouring concrete, we're sitting there having pasta, and all of a sudden you share the AC unit come on, oh. and like all the dirt and Cheerios and Lego pieces come shooting up out of the air vent, and then that's where I just kind of point at my sister. So the, the, the point is, the point is in sports, when they say, let's just bury it or sweep it on the rug, you don't ever sweep anything on the rug. You always sweep it in the air vents because you can sweep it away for a while, but eventually it's going to come back and haunt you. So the, the, the reality is you got to address this thing moving forward. <laughs> well said. Another great analogy from Joe Vitale. Hey, we always love having you on. Have a great weekend. And if the Blues play to the level of their competition, well, tomorrow should be fun because Carolina's in town and they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, it's going to be a fun. I tell you what, if you're going to that game, uh, get there early. It's going to be an exciting one. Uh, two just great teams, and I think that truly, um, if there's one team to knock off the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in Tampa Bay, I do think it's Carolina. I think that the Canes have a legit shot from the coaches to the forwards to the goaltending. I think they're the full package this year, so it's going to be a good one. Uh, get there early or make sure you're watching on the tube, or, or definitely listen to the radio to me and Kerbs. And Absolutely. Joey, one other point to make here. Speaking of Tampa Bay, as we wake up this morning, they're the number one wild card in the East. That's how crazy this league is. Oh, it, it blows you away. And, and again, heading into last Washington's game, you know, that they, the Blues played great. And I asked David Prana after the game. I said, boy, good good night. He goes, well, it better be a good night. We, we woke up one day, and we're starting the playoffs against Minnesota at home. You wake up the next morning, and then you're going to Calgary to open up this year. I mean, it, it is uh, the, the, how this thing is going to – I've never seen a race like this is, is while I've been broadcasting, and certainly as I've been a fan of the sport, I don't know if there's been a race – with still a quarter of the season left like this. I mean, this is going to come down to the wire. Every night is scoreboard watching. I mean, you got the Dallas Stars that are coming. Winnipeg Jets, holy cow, look out. The Vegas Golden Knights, who spent all that money thinking they're going to kind of fool everyone now and use LTIR by getting Jack Eichel and kind of 
you know, doing the Tampa Bay thing, they may, they may miss. Like, it, it is absolutely ridiculous how this whole thing is going to pan out. But it could start as great as maybe being a two seed and you start at home against the team. All the way down, you could fall to the final wild card spot. Hey, the Blues could be out of the playoffs, and they know that. Yeah. You actually could lose, lose a shot to the playoffs, and that's how good these teams blow your playing. So it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good final month and a half. Thank you, Joseph. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Michelle. Have a great weekend. That's the great Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. Doesn't get any better than Joey V. How many fun facts did we get out of Joe today? <laughs> I like the rather than sweep it under the rug, sweep it into the vent. And in the NHL, that's what you do. Sweep it into the vent because that way you don't forget it. Banana peels to shine your shoes? Yeah. All kinds of new stuff. He's the, best. Uh, the fight is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Character. It's time for the Friday edition of The Fight here on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Megamind challenger this morning is Matt, who's joining us. What's up, Matt? How's your Friday so far? Oh, can't complain. Well, that's good. Are you ready to uh, take on Randy in the fight? Absolutely. Let's give it a try. All right, Matt. Good luck. Question number one. Who holds the Cardinals franchise record for home runs as a catcher? Is it Ted Simmons, Yadier Molina, or Tom Pagnozzi? Uh, let's go with Simmons. Who is the last rookie to win a batting title in Major League Baseball? Is it Fred Lynn, Mike Trout, or Ichiro Suzuki? Batting title. Let's go with Trout. Question number three, Matt. The last time Italy won a World Cup knockout game was their 2006 final win over France, a game best known for what incident? Was it that flares started a fire in the stands, fans invaded the pitch, or that a player headbutted another player? The headbutt, I think. (laughs) And number four, happy birthday to Tom Glavin. How many Cy Young Awards did he win? Two, three, or four? Let's go with two. Okay. Checking Matt's score here. Yep. Uh-huh. Confirmed. Randy is looking down. He's not paying attention. I'm trying to snap at him, but we're in a soundproof room, so I don't think he can hear me. There he is. Okay. Now he's like, <laughs> I don't know what I thought the snap would accomplish. Uh, Randy, as you're getting settled, you were buried in your phone. I was snapping at you, but we're oh, in a soundproof, soundproof room, so you can't hear me. But I'm glad we were able to get your attention. Yeah, me too. Um, Randy, please say good morning to Matt. Matt, good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Randy, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question number one for Randy Carricker. Randy, who holds the Cardinals franchise record for home runs as a catcher? Home runs as a catcher. Yachty is over 100. Uh, but I'm going to go with Ted Simmons. Who is the last rookie to win a batting title in Major League Baseball? Well, I believe Ichiro may have in 2001. 
you know, the Cardinals don't evaluate players on batting average anymore, yeah. so I don't pay as much attention to it as I used to back yeah. in the day. You mentioned that, but they yeah. don't care about batting average. Yeah, add a bunch a of pitcher deal. win questions in here later, too. Yeah, okay. Um, it seems... I'll, I'll go with Ichiro. I think that's worth a shot. Randy, the last time Italy won a World Cup knockout game was their 2006 final win over France, a game best known for what incident? Uh, that was would have been uh, against France, Zinedine Zidane, just uh, punching a guy in the chest or whatever. Matt, do we? Yeah. Okay. Well, headbutt, we'll... headbutt. Okay, okay. And number four, happy birthday to Tom Glavin. How many Cy Young Awards did he win? Tom Glavin, I believe, won that one with Atlanta. I don't think he won any with the Mets. I think he only won one. Gentlemen, Randy, Matt, we have a tie. Oh, wow. Both of you guys got three correct. Good fight out of both of you. Very impressive. You each got a... A different question wrong, though. Matt missed number two. Randy missed number four. We'll get back to that in a second. Here's what's going to happen, boys. We're going to the tiebreaker round. I'm going to read the tiebreaker question as I am reading it. You've probably heard Randy rustling through a legal pad over there. What are, what are you going through? All your I've Rams notes? I've a lot of tiebreakers over the years. <laughs> your Rams notes. Is that your Rams notebook still? I think it is, yeah. Are you going to keep those notes from the yeah, case? Yeah, why not? Yeah, maybe you'll need them again one day. Who knows? Yeah. I, you know, I watch a lot of Dateline, Randy, and I love when the lawyers bring out the box of evidence for uh, years later. Uh, ah, Keith Morrison. And then what? <laughs> Was he all right? The flames of love turned into the fires of murder. <laughs> anyway, I think that you need an evidence box from the Rams case because you did such great work. Anyway, guys, back to the He's in the trunk of the car. And then what? <laughs> when Bill Hader on Saturday Night Live plays Keith Morris, and he's just standing with a leather jacket, he goes, ah. <laughs> oh, so good. Anyway, tiebreaker round. Sorry, Matt. We digress on this show. We are off the rails on a Friday. But I'm going to read the tiebreaker question. Randy will write down his answer on this yellow legal pad. Matt, we're going to give you first crack at it. You're going to get about 10 seconds to give us your answer. The first to get it correct or closest to the pin wins. Matt, are you ready? I am. Randy, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. I got to tell you, Matt didn't even laugh once during our Keith Morrison stuff. He's locked in. in. You you must be... Randy, you should be scared. Okay, either that or we're not funny, and that is not the case. So here's the tiebreaker question, guys. How many of his 679 home runs did Albert Pujols hit in a Cardinal uniform? How many of his 679 home runs did Albert Pujols hit in a Cardinal's uniform? Randy is furiously writing down his answer, and he has given it to me, but it has a question mark at the end. It, final answer, Randy? Final answer. Okay, I have Randy's answer. Matt, whenever you're ready. Let's go with 458. 458 is your answer? Yes. Randy, your answer is? 445. What a fight on a Friday. An epic battle between two brilliant sports 445? minds. That you were 445. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Very good, Matt. Thank you. Uh, love your sense of humor. Did we love your tiebreaker mm. answer? Matt, let him know. The winner and still champion of the fight, 
Randy Carricker. Brought to you by High and Dry Foundation Repair, home of the non-commission-based sales force and hassle-free warranty. Just win, baby. Oh, Matt, I wanted you to win so badly. But, of course, Randy knew that number on the nose. Randy got the tiebreaker question correct. But let's roll it back to the top. So Ted Simmons is the Cardinals franchise record holder for home runs as a catcher with 172. Boys, do you know how many Yadier Molina has? uh, I think like 104. Maybe that was before last year. It's 171. 171. That's surprising. Yeah. he's One behind him. One behind him. Hmm. So he's going to likely break that record this year. I hope so. (laughs) You certainly would hope so. Ichiro Suzuki is the last rookie to win a batting title in Major League Baseball. He did it in 2001, which I believe, Randy, you said in Mm -hmm. the American League. He hit 350 that year. The last time Italy won a World Cup knockout game was their 2006 final win over France, a game best known for the incident of a player headbutting another player. Zanini Zidane headbutting Marco Maserati of the Italian national team. That's right. Ouch. Yikes. Tom Glavin, happy birthday to you, buddy. He's won two Cy Young Awards during his career, and Matt and Randy both got three correct, which led us to the tiebreaker question, which was, how many of his 679 home runs did Albert Pujols hit in a Cardinal uniform? Matt with a very strong guess of 458. Randy with an even better guess of 445, which is the correct answer on the nose. Matt, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Matt. I'm Ron Burgundy. It's hot, hot, hot. Oh, it's too hot, too hot, too hot, lady. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Win, 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 win. That too hot one. I just cannot. <laughs> I love that one so much. I dance every time. Oh, my goodness, Randy. Come on, it's Friday. Unload the barrel. Let's go. You think we should really do this? Yeah, go for it. I mean, I've got your favorite here. Locked and loaded. But St. Louis. No, it's not that. It's this. I hate this one. I know. That's why I do it. Win, 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 win. Don't stop believing. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Oh, it's too hot, too hot, too hot, lady. Gotta run for shelter. Gotta run for shade. It's too hot. Is it? Is it? Too much? Have we done too much here? I thought that you had introduced some new bites in there. I yeah. thought there were some Talladega Nights we were working with. Or... Well, we got some of that. What yeah. kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? You know what? If I ever do not do well at the fight... I'm also thinking about getting a gun and dealing crack. Being a crack dealer. Not like a mean crack dealer, but like a, you know, like a nice one. Just kind of friendly, like, hey, what's up, guys? You want some crack? <laughs> Randy Carricker, Megamind, your friendly neighborhood crack dealer. And, <laughs> Is this what you're telling me? You know me? what? I, I, I won't. I won't. I'll only sell to older people. I won't sell to youths. Did no. you say youths? Yeah, two youths. The two youths. <laughs> so um, I think that the next time we spin the wheel, we should add as a punishment for you that I get to take the machine away from you. <laughs> no. And that I get to play the sounders. During the show and during the fight. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> That's a great wheel. Don't you wheel. put that on us. <laughs> okay. He's all, someone from the 314. Randy's all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> Actually, it's Propel and Diet Dr. Pepper today. It, it kind of is. So anyway, uh, the Cardinals will start the regular season on the 7th. And we hope that when they get home, they don't bring a bunch of youngsters that have a zero point zero. Batting average to St. Louis. 
I love how you weaved an entire sentence together just so you could play that one drop. I did. Uh, Coming up next, a disappointment for the Blues last night. But if you're disappointed, there's something really cool happening in St. Louis in a couple of months. And we're going to tell you about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Opinions matter. Time now for today's big thing with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Together Credit Union, here for St. Louis, here to help you achieve more with your money. Michelle, coming up May 13th to 15th at the America Center, what was formerly Wizard World, now called the Fan Expo, coming to St. Louis. Among those that are going to be on hand, Carl Weathers, a clerk's reunion with Kevin Smith, and a guy who's done these before, William Shatner. Having received all your letters over the years, and and, and I've spoken to many of you, and some of you have traveled, you know, hundreds of miles uh, to be here, I'd just like to say, get a life, will you, people? (laughs) I mean, I, I, I mean, for crying out loud, it's it's just a TV show. <laughs> I mean, look at you. Look at the way you're dressed. <laughs> you, 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 you've turned an enjoyable little job that I did as a lark for a few uh, years into a colossal waste of time. I mean, I mean, how old are you people? What have you done with yourselves? You, you, you must be almost 30. Have you, have you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> And you can uh, see William Shatner at the Fan Expo at America Center May 13th through 15th. Tickets available by going to fanexpohq.com, fanexpohq.com. And if you're a Star Trek fan, then William Shatner will be there for you. Captain Kirk. Are you a Star Trek fan? Oh, big time, yeah. I know. Chewbacca is my favorite. I think that's Star Wars. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I was going to be so shocked for a second if you were being serious. The guy in the black uh, plastic cat hat. Also Star Wars. Oh, okay. Uh, Harrison Ford, though, is one of my favorite actors. No, that's Indiana Jones. <laughs> is Harrison Ford one of your favorite actors because people say you resemble him? <laughs> yes, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you do kind of look like him. Uh, well, thank you, Michelle. That's nice of you. You're welcome. Um, also, Randy, would you ever dress up as something? Like, do you care about something that much that you would show up in costume? Never. I don't even own a jersey. I don't own a jersey either. No, I would not. And I totally respect people that do. Me too. That are that passionate about it, but that's just not something that I am into. I envy people that care about something that much. I do too, yeah. And and if it's a fan expo like that, and you dress up in your Star Wars and Star Trek stuff, I think that's cool. I think it's totally normal. We have people who dress up as as athletes and go to games all the time. time. You're wearing a costume. You're wearing someone else's uniform. And it's totally normalized in sports. It should be normalized everywhere. I agree 100%. Now, a lot of people wear their sweaters to the Blues game, and they wore last night, and they went away disappointed. Doug Armstrong joined Curbs and Alex on the post-game show over at OB Clark's. And uh, one of the big questions, Brad Thompson is an expert at answering this one, where do you go from here? It's just going to be their play there's nothing we could do now like right. our uh we've used three of our four recalls because of injuries that we've had Th- this is our group and uh i saw the way they responded uh in washington without vladdy and without without uh, robert thomas uh played a really good game again that can go either way right. but when you put that on the ice you just feel that over time the hockey gods will reward you enough to make the playoffs and and to maybe do some damage 
But a night like tonight obviously gives everybody concern. And, and again, I'm not. It's not the end all be all. It's the, the, one the, game, the, right? The world's not falling apart here. But you you look like Dallas. Uh, I think got outshot 47 to 15 tonight and won four three. Well, Canada they they got two points. You know yep. we got none. <laughs> so who cares how it? You know that that's the way it went. And you know Minnesota wins in overtime. I don't know how that game went, but they get two. You know so all of a sudden you know in in, in a in a season when points are tough to get, you got to find points and. Uh, uh, now we're going to have to come back, and if we're situationally motivated, the situation Saturday because Carolina is one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, if the Blues are playing up or down to competition, well, Saturday's your chance to prove it. But what did you think, Randy, about Army mentioning the hockey gods? Because they can be pretty fickle. They totally are, and that's why you win Stanley Cups generally. Now, the last couple of years, the most talented team has been Tampa Bay, and they've won the Stanley Cup. Most years, though, something happens with those fickle hockey gods that cause a team that should not be there to get a championship. Hey, we benefited greatly, not only from the Pat Maroon goal and the hand pass game, but we always forget about that Cogliano play right before the Maroon goal where Mm -hmm. he had the chance at the wraparound and didn't score. The Blues, you have to get lucky to win a Stanley Cup. The hockey gods have to be on your side a little bit. I think the hockey gods were big Laura Branigan fans, and yep. they loved the Gloria movement. I think that really worked in our favor when it came to the hockey gods. But think about how many times the hockey gods just lashed out against St. Louis. They hated us for a long time. Yeah, we don't want to anger the hockey gods. No, we and, like them now. And the hockey gods love a good compete level. So what are we doing, Blues? Don't make them angry. Uh, hockey gods, here's what we need. We need the Stanley Cup in studio ASAP. So you can smooch it? Yep. You're going to roll the dice again with that? It worked once. I will hose you down. It worked once. Why would we not try it again? Fair. Okay. I I was no. incredibly against it the first time. I am big enough to admit, Randy, I was wrong. You were right. I am dumb. You are smart. Smart. I am small. You are big. You did it correctly. So I'm down. I'll do it again. I'm not going to kiss it, but you can. Well, here, I'll, I'll I'll say this. It doesn't always work. I mean, look at what happened to John Tudor in Game 7 in 1985 at Kansas City. It doesn't always work when you go back to the well. But sometimes it's not a bad thing. Sometimes you go back to the well with Chris Carpenter in Game 7 against the Rangers, and it winds up working out for you. Great, so, great Matilda reference. Thank you. So because it worked for Baseball Jesus, you think it's going to work for you? It has. That's the thing. There's nothing wrong with going back to a well. It's, uh, hey, you know what? Until they stop me, I'm going to keep running that play. Until they stop you, you're kissing that cup. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> Michelle, I'm Randy. Jay Delsing going to talk some golf with us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Michelle and Randy with you, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. You hear Jay Delsing every Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN, but we always like to talk golf with Jay on Fridays. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Randy and Michelle. How are you guys? Everything's good. How do you like match play in, uh, well, in general, first of all, but then specifically like this weekend on the PGA Tour? Are you a, a fan of match play? I, I really like to play it. You guys, when I was on tour, we only had one event and didn't get to play it very often, but it, it just broke it up a little bit. It um, it also meant you could have one of those holes. You know, like last week at the Valspar, uh, Davis Riley made a 
triple bogey eight on a par five and still wound up, you know, um, tying for the lead and losing eventually to Sam Burns in a playoff. Had he been playing match play, it's like, oh, that didn't really cost me, you know, three shots over par. I just lost the hole. So there's there's some advantages to it and disadvantages. The problem with the old match play uh, system on the PGA Tour guys is that one of your headliners was going to get kicked out every single day because True. the competition is so, so tight. So that's why they've got these little pods, you know, that you start the week out in because you can actually lose your first match and still win this championship, which is kind of an odd thing for match play. I, I was wondering if on tour, we always used to hear about in stroke play how intimidating Tiger was, but he wasn't great in match play. Is there a mental game, a different mental game in match play? There is, and there was, especially back in the old days. There was a lot of coughing going on, and a lot of guys would grab their uh, the Velcro on their glove at certain times and things like that. Um, it, it, um, it, there were stories, Randy, in the Ryder Cup that Seve Ballesteros, you know, rest in peace, Seve, was, a, was one hell of a gamesman. He'd do a lot of clearing his throat and a lot of, oh, gosh, a lot of different things. And one time there was a story where, you know, Paul Azinger, he was on the show a few times and a hell of a competitor, and he uh, really got into this, this thing with Seve. And so they hit a drive at Kiowa, and they hit it over the hill, and so no one could see whose ball was what. And so Zing got out in front, and he looked at this ball, and it was close to his sprinkler head. And he was taking some awkward stances, trying to make sure, you know, trying to get free relief from the sprinkler head. And he said to Seve, he said, hey, Seve, and, and, you know, and Ryder and, and match play, your opponent has a lot to do with whether or not you get relief or not. He's in on these rulings and things like that. He said, Seve, do you think I can get relief from this ball? It's in my stance and I need to get free relief. And Seve said, no, no, no. You must play that ball as it lies. And Azinger said, good, because this is your ball. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Those are some of the things that that don't necessarily make it onto the – and to the pressers, but yeah, there's 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 some fun stuff that goes on out there. I love it, Jay. Well, the Masters is right around the corner, and Phil Mickelson isn't going to play in the tournament this year. It's the first time that he's not going to be there since 94. What do you make of Phil not only missing the tournament, but the reports coming out that he was strongly encouraged to not come amid the controversy surrounding him? Uh, how about that, Michelle? I mean, basically, guys, what they're saying is you and all this drama – does not we do not welcome that down Magnolia Lane, and that is really got to be a hell of a blow. I mean, this would have been his thirtieth Masters, and it just shows you how you know what what he's done, and that 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 these entities are standing up and 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 going to make him accountable. And I I, I wish that the PGA Tour you guys has a longstanding uh, policy of not speaking about players' fines, but. Man, I wish they would. I wish they would let us know what what is what is going on and what the the appropriate sort of sit down is going to be for Phil because he may it may have already been induced. Uh, I mean, in, uh, enforced already, and we we just won't know. At least we won't know for a while. But he here's a guy that was doing the social media. He wound up finishing second in the the player incentive program, which is kind of a joke anyway. You guys, in my opinion, but. $6.8 million or $6.6 million, I think he won in that. You guys, he won the PGA Championship as the oldest um, player ever to win a major championship. And the story's out that the guy has no dough. And he's broke. And there's wow. a few other things that have uh, come out that are really, 
really not good. He sold his jet, all sorts of different things. You know, Randy, when you're selling your jet, and I don't know what this is like, but when you're selling your jet, things can't be good. No, that's a, that's a problem when you have to sell your jet. When you're mm-hmm. a pro golfer, yeah, that's that's yeah. A, that's an issue. Hey, Jay, I got a question for you, and uh, we want to find out who you have on the show this weekend, but. Golden Age Auctions is selling the Tiger Woods Titleist 68-1 T-irons that he used in uh, 681-T irons that he used during 2000-2001 when he won the Tiger Slam. Uh, both those irons and the Vokey wedges are going to be auctioned off, and it's expected that they're going to fetch more than a million dollars. So my question to you is, if you spent a million dollars on these clubs that Tiger used, would you ever use them, or would you just display them? <laughs> oh, my gosh. First of all, um, I, 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 the, the first question is, why are they selling them? You know what I mean? I, I understand as, as, as certain stars age, you know, for their estate and to, to relieve their children of some of the burden of selling this stuff, they, they sell it, but Tiger's 45 years old. I, I can't figure out why he's selling them, but would I play them, Randy? You know what? If I had that kind of dough, if I had that kind of money, you guys, and I was spending a million bucks on a used set of irons from a from a, <laughs> a PGA Tour player, I'd do whatever the hell I wanted with them. Yeah, I'd probably take them out and skull a few or something. Yeah, see if I could. And yeah, by the way, I it's there, there are photos, and the marks are only right in the middle of the irons. He never mishit. Wow. I know. I know, it's pretty impressive. I, I had people, you know, talking to me about the wear spot on my irons, and I'm like, uh, it's not nearly as tight as it should be, but, you know, there is one there that's, that's evident. But <laughs> his his were hit dead smack in the middle every time, you guys. This guy hit his irons so well. It's just incredible. Jay, who do you have coming up on the show on Sunday? You know what? We don't. We didn't. We skipped a guest this week, and Pearlie and I are just talking. We talk a lot about Phil Mickelson. We also talk Good. a lot about how to get your game ready and what to do to try to save some strokes this year. I, I can't wait to hear that. That's very important to me. Hey, it's always great to hear you on Fridays as well. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. That is the one and only Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Next up, we're going to head back down to Jupiter, talk some Cardinal baseball with their radio voice, Rick Horton. He's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals will play the Washington Nationals today. Every Cardinal spring training game is on the radio on the Mighty Mox. And Rick Horton and John Rooney have the call. And Rick Horton joins us now from Jupiter, where he's been covering the Cardinals for a while now. Great to have you with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Rick, how you doing? I'm doing great, Randy. And it is a beehive of activity right here as we speak. At Roger Dean Stadium, there's 56 players on the field doing all kinds of things. They're taking infield. They've got guys playing catch down the left field line. And, uh, you know, we're getting close to that April 7th day, so it's getting pretty exciting. Yeah, Rick, well, take us into what's going on in Jupiter since we aren't there and you have boots on the ground. It's Oliver Marmol's first spring training, even though it's a truncated spring training. But what's it been like so far? Well, Ollie is such a confident guy. I I think when uh, Cardinal fans get to know him better, he's, he's not... You know, he's not a boisterous guy, he's not a loud guy, but he's a confident guy. He was asked today uh, why Miles Michaelis wasn't pitching in the uh, game against the Nationals, and he said, well, you know, I know Miles, and uh, we're going to have him pitch on the backfields, but I need to see Drew Verhagen because he's competing for that fifth spot, 
and I need to see him. And he said that very directly and, you know, kind of doesn't mince words. He's very honest. And that is what he's been saying really all spring. He says, I'm going to be as honest uh, as I possibly know how to be to the players and to Cardinal fans about what's going on. Rick, the Cardinals do have a pretty good read on Verhagen, but they don't have as good a read on some young guys like like Libertor or Nolan Gorman. Do you think the late start and the abbreviated spring training causes those guys to miss out on, on an opportunity? Yeah, I, I don't think it helps them at all. I mean, clearly, especially the guys on the roster, you know, I mean, that, that becomes an issue with the young player on a roster. I feel like Juan Yepes probably hasn't had enough uh, swings, even though he's a guy that we're all pretty high on and excited about with his power that he showed last year in the minor leagues. But, you know, you can kind of tell that, you know, the minor leaguers, I was down here, uh, guys, in the really first of February, and the minor leaguers were down early, a lot of people down here early, but the roster guys obviously weren't. And so, uh, you know, you got to, you got to, Show yourself pretty quickly. And I'll say one thing. I've I've been thinking today at the ballpark, beautiful day, how thankful I am that there hasn't been that classic Florida rain period where we've had four games rained out. That would be awful uh, for this spring training for any major league team. That's a really good point, Rick. I haven't even thought about that, that that could derail things as well. But we've talked a lot about the Cardinals pitching staff in the wake of the Alex Reyes and Jack Flaherty injuries. Mm -hmm. We've talked a lot about their offense and what we expect. One thing we really haven't discussed, at least here on our show, is the outfield. When you look at Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson, you have Two gold glovers. You have a guy who finished third in rookie of the year voting. It feels like if all three of these guys continue to take that next step, we could be looking at a really potent threesome for the Cardinals. I think you're exactly right. I, I think Tyler O'Neill is actually going to get better. I, I, I really feel good about him. I think the same of Bader and, and Carlson, actually. So, uh, but, but, but Tyler O'Neill could be a frontline player in the National League. I feel like he's that good potentially. And, uh, you know, it's a different spring for those guys. They're not here looking over their shoulder at the next guy in the minor leagues that's coming up or the other prospect, or I'm three out of five guys, you know, vying for a job. They're, they're acting and walking around like they belong here, which of course they do. So uh, for guys like Newt Barr, you know, he's going to be a uh, important guy, I think, as the season unfolds. And Corey Dickerson, a left-handed bat off the, uh, whether as a DH or off the bench, wherever they might use him, you know, but I do feel that those three guys, are our guys and maybe our guys for a long, uh, a long period of time in the outfield. They do a lot of things well. They all run well, and you know, especially uh, O'Neill and Bader, and they all defend well. Rick, uh, it was interesting last year when Flaherty was hurt, and we all blamed June on Flaherty. And John Mozeliak would say, "Hey, don't forget, Bader was hurt too." And then you look back, and the Cardinals were twenty-one games over five hundred with Harrison Bader in the lineup, sixty-one and forty, twenty-nine and thirty-two without Harrison Bader. They had a losing record. How important is he to the Cardinals, and why? Well, he brings a lot of energy uh, to the, 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 the day in, in a lot of different ways. It's not just in the on the field in the dugout, but you know, he's a guy that plays with. Uh, a lot of intensity, a lot of emotion, and I think it does rub off on guys. And I, I said last year, you know, I, I thought that um, it kind of came to me that, you know, when you talk about leadership, there's a lot of ways leadership can come out. But but Bader leads in the area of promoting excitement and urgency, I think, uh, on, on, on the Cardinal team when he's playing. And, you know, honestly, I think all the Cardinals need to do, guys, is just do whatever they did those 17 games in September and just do that all year long. I mean, just – just be, be, I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. It's a good, it's a good plan. You just got to go out and execute it. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Rick, Randy proposed a question on the show today, and I want to ask it of you. So Albert Pujols still out there. If he wanted to return to the Cardinals for a minimum salary, if you were in the front office, is that something you would consider? 
Oh boy! If I was in the front office, I would want him around. Uh, yeah, but but I, I would say I probably I would certainly consider it. And and I don't think salary is really the issue here. I think the idea is you know what young player are you slowing down their growth? Is a guy like uh, Yepes ready to go? You know, interesting. The guy that managed uh, uh, the AAA manager for the Cardinals, who managed Yepes last year, played with Albert Pujols in the minor leagues, and he started to. You know, we talked on the backfield about three weeks ago, and he started to do a little comparison, and, th- and then he caught himself and he said, "Well, I don't want. I'm not telling you he's Albert Pujols, but but this guy like Albert hits first and power second. And I think Albert always said that about himself, that, that he wasn't just a guy that was just a, you know, going to hit, not a home run derby guy, but he could flat out hit. And Albert's, you know, Albert's the best player I think I've ever seen uh, for the 10 years that he was a Cardinal. But, you know, clearly he's not 25, he's not 30 anymore. So I, I would say I, I, I would have to think about it, but I wouldn't want it to uh, to slow down the development of a young player. Rick Horton with us on 101 ESPN. And Rick, as you know, my favorite players are generally, I'm partial to the 6'295 pound pitcher, which you were. And Packy yeah. Naughton is. The Cardinals bring Packy Naughton in from the Angels. Have you had a chance to see him throw yet? And is he a guy that's going to be here on April 7th? I, well, it's, it's going to be difficult for him because the manager's not going to get to see I, I see him. Ali Marmol just addressed him. Uh, moments ago in the in the media scrum, and I, I left that to, to chat with you guys. But the last thing he was talking about was the fact that he's going to go to the backfields to not only watch Miles Michaelis throw, but he wants to watch Naughton throw. He's going to throw on the backfields, and their question to him was, you know, is he going to get a fair shake? Are you going to be able to see him enough innings? And and Ali said it's going to be hard. I mean, it just is. And you know, you play two weeks worth of game. This weekend we'll be at the halfway point of spring training games, and that's almost. A stunning statement. I mean, yeah, think right. about that because we, as I've been saying, uh, I mean, I've said it several times this spring. It's both early and late in spring training at the same time. <laughs> so he is. You guys are both six two hundred ninety five pound left handers. You're a UVA guy. He's a Va Tech guy. Does that color the way you think about him? Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> well, and and I, and I think even more so because I had Virginia Tech going further in the in the uh, NCAA, and they and they because I thought they were playing well at the end, and they lost. And I actually tweeted, Virginia Tech disappoints me again. So, I mean, so, you know, I've got a lot of great friends from uh, Virginia Tech. I just, uh, well, I don't admit it often. Uh, Rick, who'd you have winning your bracket? Well, I had Gonzaga, so uh-huh. I'm real, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Hey, I, I had Kentucky, Rick, so don't feel bad. I was out on night, on night one of this whole thing. Hey, we love what you guys are doing on the radio, and it's always great to hear your voice, and uh, you're a great friend, and we appreciate you coming on with us. Always great to talk baseball, and I'm sure we will during the course of the season. You bet. You guys are great friends, too, and enjoy your day, and, and look, looking forward to April 7th, the home opener. It's going to be great. Yeah, we'll see you there, Rick. Take care. Yeah. That is Rick Horton joining us on 101 ESPN. Now, he's full-time. He's He and John Rooney are the broadcast team on the radio for your St. Louis Cardinals with the retirement of Mike Shannon. It's hard to believe that Mike Shannon's not going to be there anymore. Yeah, it is. And, and Rick and John do an amazing job. But Mike Shannon had done it for, what, 50 years? Right. 50 years he's been the voice of Cardinal baseball. So what a career. But it's going to be interesting to see a, a new team, even though they've both been on the radio doing it, but taking shape. Thanks to Rick Horton for taking some time with us. Coming up, you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. 
It is time for... Killing me, Small! Randy, last night, the Blues and Flyers was not a Valley Sports Midwest game. It was an ESPN game. And Steve Levy, great broadcaster, was on the set. He was talking about St. Louis. And he said, when you go to St. Louis and you're watching some Blues hockey, I'm paraphrasing here, he said, you need to try the fried ravioli. Well, needless to say, Randy, the lunatics were up in his mentions. (laughs) They were none too pleased that Steve Levy would call our beautiful delicacy of toasted ravioli fried ravioli. And he must have gotten such a wave of disappointment that he went back on set during intermission and actually apologized. Hi there, Steve Levy with uh, Mark Messier and Hillary Knight. It is 3-2. The Flyers lead the Blues after 40 minutes of play. On behalf of everyone here at the network, I want to apologize (laughs) to all fans in St. Louis and Blues fans everywhere. Earlier tonight, (laughs) I made the horrific mistake of calling it fried ravioli instead of toasted. And my deepest and sincerest apologies. I've had plenty. I ought to know. I think they're fried and then toasted. Please don't at me anymore. (laughs) And if you want to at me at Twitter, it's uh, at John Butchergrass. Okay. (laughs) Randy, your thoughts? <laughs> well, first of all, y- yes, he got the name wrong, but he's not wrong. It is fried and then toasted, but we are proud of very few things here in St. Louis. We're proud of our gooey butter cake. We're mm-hmm. proud of our cardinals. We're Indeed. proud of our toasted rab. We're par- proud of our St. Louis style pizza. You betcha. And if you mess up one of the things that we're proud of, you can't call the arch the ark. You just can't. You've got to get it right. No. Um, But I do appreciate St. Louis riding so hard for (laughs) Toasted Ravs that they flooded his mentions so deeply that he had to apologize on national television. But shout out to Steve Levy for being man enough to admit that he was wrong and correct his mistake. And even mentioning toasted ravs in the beat. And by the way, I just saw an emo's truck driving down the street. Oh, we, yeah. we love our delicacies here. Yeah. I kind of thought that once he got to the middle of that, that uh, we would get a. And there's a long drive to left by Castellanos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at him at John Bucciagras. Pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Pretty good apology. You're killing me, Smalls. Well, you know what was not good last night? Italy's performance last night, Randy. World Cup qualifier. So we remember Italy missed the 2018 World Cup. That same year the United States missed with Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago. At least yeah. they had two two countries. Yeah, yeah. We remember our buddy, friend of the show, friend in life, Taylor Twelman, screaming, mm. what are we doing? Yeah, what right. are we doing? Well, you would think the U.S. and Italy would want to avoid that embarrassment at all possible costs. And the Azuri, they won the Euro. They won the 20. 20 euro they were number four in the fifa rankings you're thinking north macedonia no problem they did what the blues did randy they got a little too confident they didn't have the compete level consistently (laughs) because with the score tied nil nil in the 92nd minute north macedonia's goal kick deflected and they had a player who scored they defeat italy italy out of the world cup that's just devastating it's for that the, country. It's one of the great upsets of all time in soccer and sports. Well, no doubt about it. And come on, you're a, you're a country that is a boot, right? How, uh, we are made for soccer. You you are made literally for kicking, kicking a ball. Yeah, it's for, a literally for a kicking, boot kicking a ball. Yeah, it's that's what it is. How, how you how can you mess that up? And, and they need Taylor Twelman there. They need the 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 Taylor Twelman of Italy to say, "What are we doing here?" That was pretty good. Thank you. And people couldn't see you, but you had the hands going. Well, you got the hands what going. What are we doing, doing here? <laughs> His name is Andrea Pirlo. Show some respect. <laughs> um, but this means Italy has missed out on back-to-back World Cups. That's embarrassing. It's 
shameful. It's like we need to be in Game of Thrones doing the Cersei walk, ringing the bell at them, just going, shame, shame, shame. What are we doing, Azuri? I went through and calculated it yesterday. Since the 2000, since they won in 2006, since they had last win in a knockout game, they have won one game in the in, in, a, in a World Cup. They went 1-0-2 in the 2010 group stages. They went 0-1-2 in the 2014 group stages, they have one win in the FIFA World Cup in the last four cycles. The United States has two with a chance to build on that. Let's go USA. Shameful. It's kind of crazy when you think about their history. Insane. And we have, what, 330 million people? They have 59 million people. But it's much more embarrassing for Italy to be eliminated and not participate in the World Cup than the U.S. Oh, of course. I mean, it's a don't get me wrong, completely humiliating for the United States as well. Yeah, it is. But it, this is their their Super Bowl and beyond. I mean, this is everything to them. This would be as if there was a world Super Bowl and the United States football team did not get in. Right. It's terrible. So I feel bad for you two today. Uh, it's a you rough two, day you, you two Italians. It's a rough day. You heard Joey V. He's like, North Macedonia? Is that the yeah. Avatar? I, that sounds like a, a, pr- a princess country and a Disney movie. It really does. Yeah, yeah. she had been asleep for a hundred years in North Macedonia. <laughs> you know? I mean, un- you lost to them in football. In the 92nd minute, too. Unbelievable. You're killing me, Small! Well, in a completely believable turn of events, now that Baker Mayfield is out of Cleveland, it seems like Odell Beckham Jr. is like, yeah, I'll go back there. Sounds pretty good. So according to Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com, Odell Beckham is open to the possibility of returning to Cleveland because he loved his teammates there. He loved Browns fans, but he only left when things reached the point of no return with Baker Mayfield. So now that Deshaun Watson is there, Odell Beckham Jr. said he won't rule out coming back if the Browns were interested. Wait, I I thought he said he didn't know his dad was putting that video up on Instagram. I think now that he's a Super Bowl champion, Randy, it doesn't matter. He can say, yeah, I hated Baker Mayfield. Okay. Well. Even though he didn't directly say that, that's what I'm deducing. If you are the Browns and you just gave a bunch of money to Amari Cooper, I wonder if you do that. I wonder how the front office feels about A, that, and B, you'd have to bring him back and he'd have to get back, get well from his ACL that he suffered in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But... I, I really wonder, We a lot of stuff has come out about Carson Wentz and allegedly the type of leader that he mm-hmm. is or isn't. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been percolating about Baker Mayfield, the guy, Baker Mayfield, the leader, not just Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. And if he is from a, sk- a skill set standpoint, ever going to be the guy. But I just think it was easier for everybody to blame Odell because he's a wide receiver. He's a diva. He's been on the cover of magazines and has been outspoken. Right. But how much of this is actually Baker? Clearly, there are issues. If if you're Kevin Stefanski in the Browns, you aren't giving up three first-round draft choices to replace Baker Mayfield. If you believe in your heart of hearts that you took him number one and he can still lead you to a Super Bowl, you don't go through all the hassle of having Deshaun Watson on your team and paying the price that you did for Deshaun Watson if you believe that Baker Mayfield can lead you to a Super Bowl victory. Yeah, you might not even have Deshaun for an entire season and you're willing to take that risk over Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so even though Deshaun has had a better track record, Deshaun, has he won a playoff game? Baker's won a playoff game. Deshaun may have won a playoff game. I'm not positive about that. But still, if he has, they've won the same amount. You're killing me, Smalls!
small. Remember a couple weeks, maybe months ago, Randy, when Kyler Murray scrubbed all of his social mm-hmm. media of any ounce of Arizona Cardinals photos and everybody was wondering what's going on is there beef between Kyler and the Cardinals why would he do that well now that things are cool with the Cardinals he was asked about that yesterday and here's what he said Randy he said I'm an Arizona Cardinal if you're a kid my age you're just used to like people take off that's just my thing honestly like I said I took everything off of it except for one picture it had nothing to do with the Cardinals or anything like that so he's just saying no everything's cool just kids my age this is something we do I get it I don't relate because I'm not a kid your age. I don't take stuff off of my Insta. By the way, I've got a picture of my dog up on Insta right now, today. Uh, and people can follow you where? Uh, at Randy Carricker or at RJ Carricker on the Insta, at Randy Carricker on the Twitter machine. And you're at M. Smallman on both platforms. Yes, and that's M-O-N. S-M-A-L-L-M-O-N. So, yeah, I now, I wonder this, Michelle, if it was his dog's birthday and he had a picture of he and his dog yeah. at the kitchen table having breakfast together on the dog's birthday. Would he take that down if he got mad at the dog one day? Well, what if the dog had an Arizona Cardinals jersey on? There you go. That's a great point. Great you question. Know, what if he wanted to keep the photo and the memory of it? And now, by the way, he only archived the photos. They're back up. Yeah. He didn't delete them totally. <sighs> thank goodness. I know. Thank goodness. But that that answer, this is just a thing a kid my age does. You knew exactly what you were doing. You were trying to make a statement. Mm-hmm. There was reports that came out after about the tensions and about the money that you wanted. Don't lie to us. Don't try to play us. You're only playing yourself. The word that he forgot to insert was this is what an immature kid <laughs> my age does. I think the key word there is kid. Yeah. He is a kid. Right. And he needs to grow up if he wants to be an NFL quarterback. It has to be a very precarious position to be in for a front office or an owner to know that you're putting hundreds of millions of dollars and all sorts of an investment in a young person. Yes, they have a great skill set. And yes, you can vet them as much as you want. But these are still young people who are trying to find their way in a very tough position with the spotlight on them. Mm -hmm. And yes, how many people do things like this? If you're mad at your boyfriend, you're going to archive all Mm -hmm. the photos of them. Okay, great. Maybe a kid your age does do stuff like that. But you're in a different position. You're the face of a franchise. Maybe the thing to do if you're an NFL team is when you draft a quarterback or a player, say, can you do me a favor and just get off the social? No, but you want them to be on socials because that's where people find them. That's how they grow their popularity. If you grow the popularity of the player, you're growing the popularity of your brand. What if you win? What do you mean? What if you're Kyler Murray and you take your team to the Super Bowl? Do you really need social? I think it helps. I mean, that's the world that we live in. People wake up, Randy, and they're not even out of bed. They have one eye open and they're scrolling their timelines. It's just the world that we live in. I wonder if it might be more of a distraction for a player than it's worth, though. This was a distraction. It was a hassle. If I were to own a team, I would prefer to have a guy that is focused on football. Well, I don't think that he's not focused on football, but just don't don't try to pretend that this didn't have any hidden meaning behind it. It's all mm-hmm, I'm it saying. I completely respect the fact that he wanted to do it. If this is what he was going to do to put pressure on Arizona to get what he ultimately wanted, fine. But then don't come out and say, no, I was just, you know, cleaning up the timeline. Mm-hmm. I was cleaning up the grid. Yeah. Come on. And it's there. Think about it now. Can you think of a quarterback that's not on social media? The oldest guy is all over social media. Brady. Ooh, Tom, and he's very good at it, too. Yeah. Let me think. Uh, Derek Carr, is he on social media? And maybe the out. play is to have somebody handle the social media for the player like Brady does. 
Derek Carr is on social. 817,000 followers. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Uh, oh, you know what? I don't know if Justin Herbert is. Let's stand by. Oh, he might not be. Is Jimmy G? No, he is. Justin Herbert is. 518,000 followers. Okay. Jimmy G definitely is because I follow him. Okay. Um, He, he has 1.3 million followers on Instagram. Who else? This is a fun game. We know Russ is. We know Matthew Stafford is, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any other guy that would come to mind. Sam Darnold. I bet Matt Ryan is too. Big Ben. Matt Ryan 02. Here we go. 402,000. Uh, Big Ben I know is on Twitter because he blocks everybody. That okay, was always a fun good. thing at ESPN to see if you were blocked by Big Ben. Oh, okay, I was not, but all Tua? my hosts were. Maybe the Alabama thing? No, two is there. Yeah, two is. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Tua has 921,000. Wow, more than Derek Carr. Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, is there. He is. Uh, yep, Jalen Hurts. Here we go. 381,000 followers. No, Jalen Hurts has 815,000 followers. Oh, on the Twitter or on the Insta? I'm on Insta. Oh, on the on the Twitter, he's got 381,000. I'm on IG. Isn't it funny, Randy, that your internet girlfriend, Carolina Lecker, has more followers than some NFL quarterbacks? That is just absolutely crazy. And that we're... We're buds. How's your How's your boo doing? She good? I th- if last I've heard, she's doing well. Yeah, she's got some good stuff happening over there, wherever she is, South Africa. Yeah, she was on the cover of Playboy Africa. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's hot. She should be. By the way, now that we're talking socials, Randy, I mm-hmm. just pulled up your page because we promoted you, and everyone should follow Randy at RJ Character. Mm-hmm. This photo you have of your dog Darby Shaw sitting at the breakfast table celebrating her birthday is iconic. Oh, really? Thank you. She's got a full outfit on, a handkerchief, a tutu, a crown, and is sitting there like a true queen on her birthday. She loves to do that, yeah. I just threw it a like. Follow (laughs) Randy at RJ Carriker. Appreciate that. Coming up, Deshaun Watson has a press conference today in Cleveland. What would we ask if we were there? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Deshaun Watson arrived in Cleveland yesterday, made his way into the bronze practice facility in Berea, Ohio, and he was not made available. He had just had a long-range TV shot of his back as he walked into their facility. They're really doing everything they can to protect him from the media, which is fine. Today they're going to have a press conference with Deshaun Watson. Michelle, A, I'll be interested to find out if the Browns ask that it be only football-related questions beforehand. Wouldn't surprise me because there is a court case going on, litigation going on. But If there is the ability to ask questions outside of the football realm, I think that'll get most of the attention. I would imagine that the Browns would want to vet the questions first, as you mentioned, not only because there's a court case, but because there's going to be no good answers that Deshaun Watson can possibly give here. Because no matter what he says, we're going to break it up and examine it from every angle. It's not a winning situation for him or for the organization for him to answer any of those questions. However, I think this is a unique situation. He is more than just a football player in this moment. There is 22 women that are alleging some pretty serious things against him. And I would imagine that um, the media would want some answers. So with that being the case, your media, you're in the press conference. I'm putting you there. 
what is the number one question that you want to ask? And we aren't sure if we'll get a good answer or not. So there's a lot um, that I would like to ask him. But I think for me specifically, the main sticking point is this. I would say to Deshaun, there were Instagram messages that were released as part of the evidence of this case that you had reached out to this women, uh, these women. And in at least one instance, I have a, an Instagram message here that you sent to a massage therapist where after the, um, I don't know, should we call it procedure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> after, after your visit with her, you unprompted followed up to her and said this. Sorry about you feeling uncomfortable. Never were the intentions. Let me know if you want to work in the futures in the future. My apologies. What were you referencing there? What did you do that made her feel uncomfortable? I think that would be a reasonable question. And I don't know how he would answer that. And I would be different, but along the same lines, because we're going to ask about this particular situation. I would say that you have doctors and trainers and massage therapists that are provided to you as an employee, as a player for an NFL team. Why did you feel the need to utilize therapists from outside the organization? Were were the ones within the organization not doing a good enough job? And why did you use Instagram as the vehicle to find these women? Yeah, that would be another question I have. But my guess is that the Browns will probably, before the press conference, say, Football only, nothing about litigation because the legal proceeding is ongoing. That would be my guess as to how the Browns will handle this. I, I'm sure they will. Like I said, there it's not a winning situation for them to open him up to any of these questions. But I don't envy the media that's in this position today because even though the team is going to be orchestrating this, they have a job to do. And there are a lot of questions about a lot of serious allegations. And if you're a Browns fan... I'm sure you want some of these questions to be asked of this person. You want to know what is going on or or what this person has to say for themselves. So the media, I think, is in a really tough position today because even though the team is going to say he can't answer any of these questions, I think you probably still have an obligation to at least try to ask them. And especially because of much like you with your unique position as a a female sports media person, Mary Kay Cabot is their longtime Mm -hmm. respected writer for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And she has a unique perspective that none of the guys in that room can provide. And she can ask questions in a way that I don't think a guy would necessarily think of. Yeah, probably. If I was the Browns, I... and. I don't want to do anything to aid them or Deshaun Watson, Mm -hmm. but they should make him available to her. They should say, okay, if all of these things, if you really are saying that none of these things that are being accused of you happened and that you're an upstanding citizen and you're going to represent our organization, okay, well, then we're going to have you sit down with a female beat writer. That'd be a smart move on their part. And I think she would skewer him. (laughs) I would think so, too. That is Michelle. I'm Randy. A couple of notes for you. Number one, Cardinals in action today and tomorrow, both on TV, Bally Sports, Danny Mac and BT with the call. The Cardinals also will have a hiring event tomorrow for Delaware North for concession people. If you'd like a job at the ballpark tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., concession employees can earn up to 20 to 30 bucks an hour after tips. One more hiring event is also scheduled for March 29th. But tomorrow you've got 
a hiring event at the ballpark from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 405 South Broadway is where you'll enter at the Delaware North Sports Service entrance. You can learn more at cardinals.com slash work at Bush. That hiring event tomorrow and then one next week. Great job today and this week by our producer engineer, the one and only Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, Michelle, thank you. Have a good weekend, guys. You too. And sorry about your soccer team. That's okay. You get over it? You know what? You don't sound that sorry. It's Italy losing. It's Illinois losing. I'm just used to it. I'm, I'm cheering for losers, I guess. <laughs> we have a balloon party coming your way with Action Jackson and T-Mac. See? T-Mac. Nadub, T-Mac. We got all of these going here on 101 ESPN. For all of us, uh, uh, thanks for tuning in, texting in, and uh, being a part of the show. Till Monday morning at 7. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Let's get you taken care of.